Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and I, re- the return of my good buddy Tax Williams. How are you doing? I like the fact that when I'm off ill, and then it only coincides with a work-based holiday, so we have to like have three weeks off as we go and die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's good to be back. Very happy to be back. Lots happened in wrestling. Lots happened while we've been having our technical difficulties. AEW's confirmed their weekly show. So much has happened in the past week. It's like I don't know where to start with everything that's happened. Like we'll go it's just... Wednesday nights from the second of October. Two hours of AEW on TNT. Exciting times, man. First show in Washington. Tickets go on sale on 29th of July. I'm busy. <laughs> oh, what a shame. I'm booked tonight. Mate, it's, it's it's such a fun time to be a pro wrestling fan. I've said this a few times like, on my socials as well. And I have actually quite enjoyed watching WWE stuff recently. It's been interesting. It feels like yeah. they've had to kick up the arse. And I've loved most of the AEW stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I assume you've been watching a bit of the G1? Uh, yeah, I have. Not as much as I'd like to. Summer's very, very busy for me. And it is fucking boiling here today. Yeah, for our friends in uh, far pastures outside the UK, we are topping about 34, 35 degrees here. And as we're not used to this in the country, we're all dying. It's almost as high as your temperature was last week. My temperature got up to 41 degrees last week. Goddamn. Son. People in France died when the climate got like that. I, however, am still alive. <laughs> Like Matt Hardy, I will not die, but I'll get old gracefully and go a bit weird. <laughs> so today we are doing GCW's Joey Janela's Spring Break 3. So GCW's Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, this is one of the 50 million wrestling shows that were WWE's <laughs> WrestleMania 35 weekend. Uh, this is in two parts, but we're doing it as kind of one show yeah. because it felt like one show, really. Yeah, and I think had we done part two, which is a standalone show... I would have died. <laughs> Just calling the scramble. The scramble. What are they called? The clusterfuck. Clusterfuck scramble at the end or whatever. Yeah, it would have been a bit excessive. Yeah. So, uh, so part one was on the fifth of April, and part two was on the sixth of April, two thousand nineteen. But both these shows are starting at midnight. Yeah, yeah. these are like the late night kind of like let's get fucked up and watch crazy wrestling shows. Uh, I would say one of the least formal wrestling shows I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was. Rid- it's basically like. Oh, do you want to come to a wrestling show? Buy a ticket. Where Where do I go? Um, probably there. Yeah. We've been joking about how there isn't like a British DDT right now. Yeah. This is like an American DDT show. I'd say so, yeah. Not so, as I mean, I was about to say about a lot of um, homosexual undertones, but we'll get to the clusterfuck later. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, this was broadcast on Fight TV, F-I-T-E, for those that don't know. Uh, it's still available on Fight. It's like $14. It's quite expensive for what yeah. it is. Um, but I think uh, this is also maybe available on high spots as well. Things, or things like that. on high spots available on fight. But when you're thinking you're getting almost six hours inc- of, of lot, coverage yeah. for fourteen dollars, it's not too bad. So if you think it's like seven dollars a show, struggling. Sorry, go on, Carol. Um, yeah, I thought it's not bad actually. Yeah. It's not bad value for money. I mean, again, I think the whole pay per view market's changed with the WWE Network, where you can get it for like ten dollars or ten pounds a month. Sure. Um, you're always going to look at anything above that. I mean, we happily paid 15 quid to watch AEW. Yeah. Cheers, ITV, by the way, for binning off every other pay-per-view since then. Yeah, it's been a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. They've so, had, they have this like connection with Fire. I don't know what the relationship is. but yeah. um, We're not going to show it because you're streaming it for free and we can't make any money off it because people use VPNs. I, I might have. Last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Anyway, so the venue is the White Eagle Hall in New Jersey. It's beautiful. 
beautifully grotty. We've got these black ropes and a light blue ring with sponsors like all over the fucking thing, including uh, Wrestling With Regret. Yep. I spotted in one corner. I was like, oh shit, you put a sponsor on the ring. It's pretty cool. I likened this venue to like when we used to be in bands and playing the really shitty venues, but nobody yeah. turned up. The toilet tours we refer yeah. to it as. It's like if you did a show in London again about midnight and you might have three people in there, but at least this place was rammed. It just looked yeah, like sure. a fucking dive. Yeah. Which like, added to it yeah, so much. For sure. Some of my favourite gigs ever have been in front of like 10 people or whatever in the biggest shitholes in the country. Just because it's been hilarious or funny things have happened. But as you said, they had a really good turnout for this. It's, the fans are almost like on top of the ring. There can't be less than what? Two foot? Between yeah. the front row and the ring. No barrier, no nothing. It's pretty much, again, very trusting for pissed out wrestling fans. Yeah. Um. Again, not to suggest that uh, WWE is very much more mainstream, but a definite gender gap in the number of attendees for uh, Spring Bake for the... Uh, for sure. Full of ladies. I mean, no, <laughs> wait. <laughs> there were some, but this is very much... Uh, a sausage fest. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the commentators for tonight, we kind of get a bit... They swap in and out a few times, yeah. but... Really, our main three commentators are Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place. Uh, Dave Prezak, and also kind of Kevin Gill comes in and out yeah. as well, who's famous for that AAA Triple Mania commentary. Well done, Kevin Gill. Yeah, like I, I've known Denver, Colorado a long time, as known of, not, yeah. not known personally, because we used to post on the same forum back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah, he's... I mean, I don't want to expose him necessarily. I don't think this matters. I don't think he'd give a shit. But his name was originally Drew. I won't give his last name because, you know. Galloway. <laughs> but, uh, no, Big wrestler in the WWE now. different, like <laughs> seven foot tall to like shorter dude. Um, but like, I've watched him wrestle a whole bunch and I'm a huge fan. Like, he's fucking hilarious. And I thought he dragged this show along the whole way through. You can hear him, like his cornet meter kind of bursting through the ceiling <laughs> yeah. and just going, fuck it, I've got to keep going and keep telling the story. Like, I thought he did an amazing job tonight yeah and considering you're starting conversation at midnight for all the other activities you've been doing because this would have been his only booking through this whole mania weekend i don't think i think he would have been around a few other places well he he runs beyond wrestling yeah and they were there weren't they i think so yeah. i'm not sure they sometimes are sometimes aren't you know? so if you're thinking that he's already booked and produced a show that probably finished maybe 10 o'clock yeah. hightailed it over here to <laughs> then do commentary till three in the morning and do the same the next day oh, some of the dudes on this show are working six seven times just this weekend yeah just that which day crazy <laughs> maybe so because what's <laughs> what's the one afterwards which they everyone went off to afterwards um uh pancakes and power slams i don't know to be one. honest yeah. i know there was ones before it like that i know the new japan roh show ran long yeah. the second day but we'll get to that but i think sammy callahan uh does uh pancakes and power slams okay. in the morning like a breakfast a, br- a brunch and oh, wrestling oh i remember now yeah i'd be all in for pancakes pancakes and wrestling <laughs> so you can just go like the whole weekend without sleep it seems like yeah so should we take up a coke habit and go to wrestling next weekend i'm more of a pepsi guy <laughs> um the other commentators are dave prezak who i'm a big fan of again yeah like kind of famous for being the manager of cm punk when punk was coming yeah. up and for being heavily involved in roh and fip and all these sorts of companies huge influence on punk's career yeah also um prezak is the guy that runs one of the women's promotion in america i can't um shine is it shine yes i think I'm, i can't remember he was one of the kind of the first people to really push women's wrestling yeah. in america so an important character you know and there's also kevin gill and he's there <laughs> <So> <laughs> conan's mate <laughs> So let's quickly talk about GCW a little bit. It's Game Changer Wrestling. Apparently it's owned by this guy called Brett Lauderdale. And it used to be called Jersey City Wrestling. Uh, Do you know any of this? 
Uh, no, I, the only thing I know about GCW is through uh, the Nothing Else on TV stuff they've got on there. Okay, event, cool. Um, which is very much... Um, There's a fly in here and I'm going to fucking kill it. So if you hear me smacking my microphone, don't worry about it. And see me wince. <laughs> it's going to go up my nose or in so. my mouth. Um, but through the GCW stuff... If it does, that's going on YouTube. I'm just <laughs> saying right now. Man <laughs> gets fly up the nose. <laughs> uh, but the GCW stuff being very much like very hardcore, mm. very deathmatch orientated. And yeah. as a man who isn't overly keen on the deathmatch style, I respect the wrestlers to hell for doing it, but it's not not my sort of thing, the deathmatch stuff. You're in pro wrestling, I think you have to be nice about this sort of stuff in case like you come across these people or whatever. It's fucking dumb. It's dumb as fuck. It's self harming yourself for other people's entertainment, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, but it gets people signed. Hi Jimmy. <laughs> I love Jimmy Havoc, though. There's definitely wrestlers I like who do this style. But there are also guys that can work matches and have character and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Clint, Ma- Clint Mojera is a prime example of a man who doesn't need to do deathmatch stuff. He's got a great character behind yeah. it. And, and same thing, I suppose, uh, for Havoc. Yeah. He, he can work. He could work a style that's necessary to get the fans behind him. But he's built up a following. Yeah. A lot of these guys, like fucking Nick Cave. Cage. So who cares? Fucking <laughs> Nick Cave the other guy. Oh yeah, he's in the bad seats. Yeah, <laughs> Can you tell I haven't got open my notes up yet? <laughs> so but yeah, fucking Nick Cage. Yeah. He's like, well, Nick fucking Cage. I think it's referred to. It's all good. Like Jimmy fucking Havoc. Goddamn fly. Missed him by an inch. And oh, I and I think, the headphones. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a technical downfall based on a fucking fly. Fuck it. Um, but again, as you said, some of these guys deathmatch style couldn't. I get the impression they like they trained. They yeah. weren't overly technically proficient, so they went into this side of things. Yeah, maybe so. Like, I, I can't really judge. I'm not trained. I wouldn't be able to say that about anyone. You are, so you can definitely say that stuff. But, you know, yeah, th- just just forget about it. I think at this point, that fucking fly. <laughs> smash him with an iPhone X. That's how expensive I am. Just trying to smash a bloody fly with an iPhone X. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, the show kicks off and we get Joanna freaking Cage, who I'm going to assume is Nick Cage's daughter cutting this hilarious promo in her own house in her own front room she comes around the corner with like a beanie on and like a pizza cutter in her hand and she's got this fucking hilarious promo doing all her dad's catchphrases like the murder death kill you know and then but she says freaking every time nick cage would say fucking and rightly so right up until the last bit where she goes i'm the king of this shit (laughs) (laughs) yes she can't be what seven nine like she's young you know yeah bad parenting this was this made me fucking piss myself laughing. I was totally in off of this introduction, and they obviously played it in the arena because as soon as they cut into the arena, everyone's like MDK, MDK, <laughs> which is Nick Cage's kind of gimmick, the murder, death, kill yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's. I don't know. What do you think? I thought this was fucking brilliant. As a parent, I would be horrified if my daughter said that, so I was not a fan. Ah, <laughs> boo. So we got into the venue, and we got a dude in a patterned black shirt, khaki shorts, and a Hawaiian lei introducing the show. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening straight away? I was like, Mark Blake's let himself go. <laughs> or improved. So this is Rich, hey, Mark Blake. <laughs> this is Rich Palladino, I think his name is. Yeah. And he goes, you guys ready? Let's fucking do it. And I'm like, this is for me. This is definitely <laughs> for me. So the first match is the bad boy Joey Janela making his return after injury with Penelope Ford versus Marco Stunt, who's also okay. making his return. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about this match? Like, We can run through some of the bits if you want, but we've got so much to get through. I thought it was uh, very tentative because you can tell both guys haven't been in the ring for a while. Obviously, they've been yeah. back training. It was very... Uh 
more tentative of a style from what the, the brief bits I've seen of Joey Gillette. Marco Stunt, I've not seen much of. Okay. These two, uh, generally, you can think of Marco Stunt like Spike Dudley. Yeah. Just fucking nuts. Until later when I was like, hang on, he's got a brother who's even smaller. <laughs> and a bit shitter. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fine. But like, I, I like Joey Janela. I love listening to him talk. Yeah. Um, his matches aren't always my cup of tea necessarily, but he's always trying something different, something weird, like innovating. And I think that has to go appreciated, you know? Yeah. And I think you can see with Joey Janela, he upped his social media game. Big time. He got his break because of social media and how well yeah. he used it and utilized it. And all the crazy shit he was doing that he was putting across social media and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Um, he is, you know, like when Seamus was one of the first rest to start using things like MySpace and you get a lot of the indie boys doing that. Joe Janela was the first person, I think, of the, mo- the more modern era of the late 2010s, yeah. the late 10s, if you will, yeah. um, to actually utilize social media to get yourself bookings and get yourself over in a consistent way. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Because you see a lot of people using their social media, they pretend to be in character and they just chat to their mates, pretend to be in character, chat to their mates. Joey Janella is all in, 100%. He's in character. And cool. also tries to have a fight with Enzo Amore at a Blink-182 concert. So <laughs> I will always have much respect for Joey Janella. That was just like the weirdest story. Like You saw bits and bobs coming out about the Enzo and Joey Janella yeah. thing in that video. It was just terrible. It was two guys like stancing off against each other there's no punches thrown no. or anything it's like bullshit but then you hear that did you see what jerry said what actually happened yeah like he went up to him went hi i'm jerry janella do you want to fight there must have been some sort of heat on the internet beforehand i think there's been there's been beef because there was janella saying that he'd train mma to take on enzo or something oh, like okay. that okay uh, either way i because, know why you know, back in that fight <laughs> You know, it's what it is. Enzo's a cunt. Yeah, for sure. So there is a Marco Stunt video package here about his return and stuff. And it's meant to be this epic video, but it's very amateur. It didn't really get across what was meant to happen. But like you understood, I think. School project. Yeah. Video is how like, I re- very student-y. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's not terrible. I guess it suits what this show is, you know? Yeah. It's, it's raw, it's punk rock, whatever. And then Marco comes out to Pat Benatar's We Belong. We belong to the light. We belong to the thunder. And I'm like, copyright does not exist in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. They've basically taken their AAA because Kevin Gill's there. So he's like, oh yeah, we can use this. It's fine. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like They do not give a fuck about copyright or anything on this show. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to quickly run through some of the stuff that happened in this match. Uh, both lads kind of sell their knees, like not being 100% going into yeah. the first opening spots which I think was quite clever, tells the story of it. If only they'd carried on working that through the entire match. Yeah, for sure. Like, my it goes away hurts. after My a knee hurts as well. Or, well, no, let's... let's. Oh, I've stretched it out now. It's fine. Yeah, That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm okay with it. I wish they'd work it a little bit more, but yeah. I don't think that suits this style of wrestling. No, and what <laughs> happened near the end of the match, it certainly wouldn't have... Oh, with they're working the knee for the whole thing, you definitely would have had the payoff in the end. Of course, yeah. So, basically, Joey basically murders Marco with a whole bunch of suplexes. There's, there's a whole bunch of cool shit. They do the Spike Dudley crowd surfing spot and both guys end up in the crowd kind of Fighting chopping each chopping. other. Yeah, it's so uh, good. You can feel that what they hoped was going to happen, they'd actually get crowd surfed around as they yeah. were doing it, but the fans just kind of held them. I was like, it just needs one person to be like, eh, and move them across. It would have been so fucking good. But again, crowd surfing sli- around as they're fighting. Slightly intoxicated wrestling fans. They're hitting each other. Hold them up. <laughs> I don't think anyone kind of was very... Yeah. 
very um, aware <laughs> this morning. Yeah. You know, there's some interesting people in the crowd. Um, so Marco makes out with Penelope at one point and prays Zach on commentary as his first moment of the night where he goes, Dangerous! <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Uh, so we get a top rope Hurricane Rana to the hardest part of the ring. Oh, this is Mark Stunt doing it, Marco Stunt doing it to Joey Janela, and Jesus Christ. It works out okay, but Marco, like, bust his eyebrow open yeah i wondered whether not... he bladed his eyebrow but i, don't I think, think he landed very badly i think it was hard way yeah like, i tried to pause it as i was watching it through and i think he did the rana so he kind of comes off yeah and then his head hit the apron there you, you can tell sometimes when people are definitely hard way based on the pattern of blood yeah because there's because if you've bladed there's a definitive oh he's starting to work it down and it's bleeding down whereas if you see a lot of the stuff that you've seen they hard way it's a case of <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah i, I wondered whether they were trying new stuff because I, I listened to an interview with Ricky Shane Page where he's talking about blading his arms in matches and stuff. And I'm like, fucking hell, son. Can we not do that? We <laughs> should not be doing that in 2019. Just blading in general, I'm just not no. a fan of at all. Like, you look at that Cody Rose Dustin Runnels match and it made Dustin Rhodes, I guess I should say, yeah. uh, it made uh, for a gross out moment. You know, but it doesn't. I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think it's needed. I don't think the match would have been any worse without the blood. Yeah, I'd agree. I, with that. I don't think the story would have been d- diminished by it. You wouldn't have got the reactions. People going like, "Oh," and stuff. No, but the, they would still be into the brother versus brother, and they'd still be going, "How much do they pay for that shit thrown?" Oh <laughs> yeah, that's true. So anyway, so uh, we get a top top rope. Fireman's Mishinoku Driver by Joey Janela. Always three. And it should be three. <laughs> but Marco kicks out. My first thing I wrote down in this match after the crowd said bit when he did that, I was like, always three? Of course it fucking isn't. Yeah. It's the indies. Top rope Mishinokus. Come on, son. Always right. ten. <laughs> so Joey protests. Marco rolls, rolls up Janela for the one, two, three. And you're winner of the opening match, getting a victory over the, sh- the, sh- uh, the man the show is named after is Marco Stunt. Good rub. Yeah, for sure. This is definitely Joey putting guys over this weekend. I mean, it's what he always used it for. As we see on like yeah. part two, he's, Joey Janela opens opens the show because he's got to either produce it or does this. Do you know how late it is? <laughs> uh, now we know all these guys like Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, Joey Janela because of AEW yeah. and such. Uh, I didn't know these guys at all before then. No. So uh, watching this at this time these these would have been new guys that Joe is making so, yeah that's kind of cool man well you you get it again throughout the rest of this card so there are some more people we'll get to who yeah. are on on the card i mean for example when you look at like and dustin thomas yeah he wouldn't have been aw if it wasn't for joe janella yeah for sure yeah, I can see that. So uh, blah, blah, blah. so after the match, Joey grabs Marco by the head and kisses him. Then Marco apologizes to Penelope for kissing her during the match, which I kind of skipped over. What a gentleman. I thought it was quite funny. Penelope Cruz, Jesus Christ, she looks amazing in this show. Uh, interesting, because obviously they signed uh, Penelope and Joey Janela as a duo when, yeah. for AEW, and then they broke up. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Yeah. And Penelope hasn't really had a like come out moment in AEW has you really. not really they seem to still be working together even though yeah. they're broken up which I, is kind of cool yeah because I, th- I think it helps both their characters to have it it's certainly yeah. in, in a not selfish way at the moment it definitely is more beneficial for Penelope Cruz to stay with Joe Janela to get her character over and a chance to expose sort of her skills and in ring hmm. I'm trying to think if I've seen her in like a singles match or even a tag match where it's not with Joey or someone like that I don't think I have I've never seen her in like a one on one match okay. with anyone 
So I don't know how much of a worker she is, but she can definitely do like ranas and yeah. head scissors and suplex stuff, you know, do that stuff, you know. So she can definitely work a bit. I yeah. don't know whether she's trained or anything at all, no, actually. I'm not sure. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see where that goes, you know. So um, next out is one of the guys in this show that I've become a huge mark for since watching this show. Tony Deppin. This guy? What a cunt. I had not seen anything from him before this show. He has not left my timeline. He's everywhere at the moment. <laughs> like, I don't know if you're finding this. He he certainly... It's one of those things, you know, sometimes like you hear someone say a word and then you just hear it all the time. Yeah. After seeing him wrestle and watching this, for the last few weeks, he said it's a case of... Oh, it's Tony Deppin. He's in Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah. He seems to be floating around like the Northeast Indies as well. If he doesn't get signed up quickly, like someone's going to miss gonna out. Someone's going to get him. Someone's really going to miss out. Like this guy is fucking brilliant. But on the subject of signing, yeah. before we move on to this, this is something that has been irking me for the last few weeks. Go on. The number of people who are going, oh, AEW should sign him, AEW should sign him, AEW should sign him. If they fucking sign everyone, no one will get any TV time. And then all you'll do is, oh, they don't know how to use him. Yeah. They sure, don't know sure. how to use him. Just let him do what they're doing. Fuck's sake. They seem fairly comfortable with the roster they've got right now. I think one or two massive names would definitely benefit publicity-wise and everything. Do you think Punk on the 2nd of October now? I can't see. Apart from... Okay, so apart from his personal, he has problems with the wrestling industry in general. I can't see a single reason why he shouldn't. Yeah. You know, it's just his personal. Is he too, like, I've got money. I don't need money don't want to hurt my body anymore. I don't want anything to do with wrestling. Because he might be at yeah. that point and we might never, ever see him again. But I wonder with Punk, because obviously he will never go back to WWE. No. I don't. I know everyone says, I'll never say never. No. No. 100% no. No chance. Unless they offer him like 5 million for like 20 minutes work. Oh, you Brock's contract. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might for yeah. that. But if you consider who's next in line being Paul Levesque, who yeah. does not like him. No. It's it's all very good for business, but nothing WWE could bring back at the moment would move the needle. So it wouldn't be value for money. Punk would. I, Punk I, could move the needle. Punk could move the needle for his return. Yeah. And maybe the few weeks after. The long-term investment would be there. But for AEW, yeah. it would move the needle. And considering they're saying that ideally they're looking for 800,000 viewers an episode uh, for AEW to start with. Okay. Um, considering like the average rating on TNT gets like 1.3 million for their top rated shows okay. on TNT. Yeah. So they're looking between half a million to 800,000 to start with for what views. What kind of numbers do Raw and SmackDown do? Uh, this week, because they had the Raw reunion, they're just over 3 million. Uh, normally they're okay. topping around 2.7, 2.8. So they're for about a third of what? Yeah, WWE which I think is really weekly. sensible. Yeah, to start to, with, to for go sure. For. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, then, but then you've also got to think that, do you blow your load now? Do you have Punk, start, do you have punk oh. come in? Use what you've got. Keep your stories. Sorry, you've got. the camera because I'm a dickhead. <laughs> there you go. Use use your stories for what you've got. Mm-hmm. Use the guys who you've bought in from this show as well. Those guys who are standouts and you bought them into the roster. Showcase them. See who gets over. See who doesn't because they've obviously signed a lot of people. And then if the product's going well, and it's like anyone, it's like if you're investing in business, sometimes mm-hmm. you wait to see how it goes before you jump in. Punk yeah. might wait to see if all this health insurance comes through. Wait for someone to actually get. We don't want it to happen. But if someone were to get a nasty injury, are uh, Tony Khan AW going to pay for it and look after med treatment and maybe if you get that health insurance and ice cream bars maybe Punk will come back you know where I can see him fitting in is coming out to the ring to do a wow this is amazing I really love these shows I've watched them etc etc librarians come out shush Punk every time he tries to talk GTS nice. off, off you go you know nice bit of publicity for everyone doesn't have to do any work I wonder when it would be brave enough to book him and Cabana what together <laughs> 
Oh, they've got polit- uh, they've got um, they've got legal, legal beef right now again, don't they? Yeah. Like, fucking hell, those dudes need to get over each other. Punk bloody loves suing people now. <laughs> he's been in court. He's like, I haven't got much to do these days. The MMA career's not gone brilliantly. I'm gonna sue my old best friend. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Well, basically, uh, Cabana sued Punk. Yeah, because Punk said screen. he would pay for some of the legal fees for yeah. podcast stuff and didn't. And um, and then Punk's suing Cabana for essentially again more legal fees and. You know, sort of, well, you're trying to ruin my character. <sighs> Back to the show. So Tony Deppin's out and he is not booked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, copyright doesn't exist in New Jersey because Deppin comes out to We Built This City and Rock and Roll by, um, what are they called? Wow. Um, and yeah, that band. So uh, Deppin gets a face pop as he comes out, but his pre-match promo is so fucking good. He is full heel <laughs> as soon as he starts talking. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. He says something about a fucking midget. And then he goes, um, Deppin is then inviting fans into the ring to fight him. And it's just, oh, his promo work. There's a heat machine right yeah. here. Any company could benefit from a guy that can get heat like this. Exactly. It's, it's He might not have the look of the conventional wrestler. But yeah. I liken him to, I mean, if you look at Robbo, he doesn't have the look of the conventional wrestler. But he, he will either scare the shit out of you and get heat. Or this guy, who'll just be obnoxious. Yeah. Paul Robinson is a guy, again, that should be um, more prevalent. Like, he's taking over the British Indies because everyone else is fucking off to, like, NXT yeah. Lite or NXT UK or whatever. <laughs> like, you know. Nothing wrong going to NXT UK. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no, no, I'm happy for everyone. But the simple fact is that they're all off to there and they can't work as much as the Indies. So, yeah. Robbo's got, like, the run of it at the moment. It feels like he's the top heel across, like, all the big promotions on the Indies. And he is. He's fucking great. Anyway, so um, Deppin goes into the crowd and grabs who we now know as Dustin Thomas from the AEW. But at this point, he's just no legs. <laughs> it's like how the fans know him. It's a dude in athletic gear sitting in a wheelchair next to where the commentators yeah. are. And there's this fucking brilliant moment where this leads to a match between the two, obviously. Uh, Dustin, sorry, Tony goes over to him, calls, um, kind of calls him out, basically. Then Dustin goes, Dustin and Deppen, this is going to be difficult to yeah. do. So Dustin calls Deppen a fucking pussy and Deppen boots the dude in the <laughs> face. You just booted a dude with no legs in a wheelchair in the face. And I'm like, fuck, I love this guy. This is amazing. Like, Don't do this in real life, everybody. No. Only in wrestling. But like, the best thing about this whole stuff is the way Denver, Colorado sells it on commentary. He says this line, um, Deppen just grabbed a guy in a wheelchair with no legs. Uh, stop the fucking show. <laughs> He's just yeah. screaming it. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. So uh, they get into the ring. Uh, Deppin carries Dustin out of his wheelchair, puts him in the ring. And he's, he's, his legs, what, finish uh, just above the knee, I'd say. Yeah, just above yeah, just below fly yeah. level, yeah. So he can kind of still work and stuff. And it's incredible the spots he can pull out. Like, talk yeah, about well, a feel-good moment. We'll get well, I mean, we'll get some of the spots this, this uh, Dustin Thomas can do because yeah. he's outstanding. And then again, huge pop when he was in... Uh, the buy-in battle royal yeah it was great yeah i really loved it i thought it was just fucking brilliant so um the crowd are chanting all sorts of stuff they're going like let's go no legs clap 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 and like no legs no legs uh they even do a lieutenant dan chant at one point i was like um that's maybe taking it too far but like it's but based it on the crowd you've got what do you expect yeah exactly i think everyone's up for a good it's like a stand-up comedy show yeah you expect to hear fucked up shit but it's all in good nature you yeah know? Um, so Dustin makes a sweep comeback, scoring a 619 with no fucking legs. Booyaka. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm just, I've written a note here that says, fuck, I'm so lazy. <laughs> just watching this going, what this dude's achieving, you know? Episode 50. 
Yeah, mm, it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. So anyway, so hang on a tick. Uh, it's Kevin Gill commentating, which I didn't realize. And you start to realize, you know, like, he's just not as good as the no. other guys. Like, I just uh, something about his tone of his voice, his phrasing. I'm not sure, quite sure what it is. He's but... too busy looking for murder clown. That's all it is. His oh, mate man. trying to recognize which one's which. Almost, you know. <laughs> he's such a clown racist. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Gill hashtag clown racist. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a juggalo as well, so. Yeah, though, well, they not any longer. Somewhere. Not I any can't longer. Work it out. Fuck it, who cares? So the clown, uh, the crowd, the clowns. <laughs> yes, the crowd are on fire as Dustin does a top rope. Um, this is the four fifty. He does a oh wait, hang oh, on. He sorry, does a tope yeah. from the top turnbuckle to the outside again with no fucking legs. Dustin springboards from the hardest part of the ring off of the bottom rope and hits a motherfucking four fifty over the top. Holy shit! This is impressive outstanding out flipping standing yeah he then does a top rope uh splash again with no fucking legs and Deppin hits a sliding knee for the one two three and your winner is tony Deppin. i'm like what a heel tony Deppin is a heel when he went to hook the leg and go oh <laughs> that was brilliant <laughs> he's such a cunt i love him so much i just want to see him on a british indie show as soon as possible yeah, but the thing yeah. is, though, I think he's the sort of heel that we'd enjoy too much. Yeah, maybe. Like, there is points when he, he just gets really twattish. Yeah. But then, again, he has the entertainment value, which I think heels need, man. And he's a heel who would never be hurt by being beaten. Yeah, for sure. You could beat him <laughs> weekly. All day long. I would love to see him go completely unbeaten and run to a title somewhere. Yeah. Because I think he's that good on the mic that you can bring anyone up yeah, with him, you know? Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, we'll see if what he's like, personality-wise, whether he's selfish or whatever, like putting people over, you know? Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, Dust- flies. Dustin Thomas. Yeah. Fantastic story, fantastic athlete. Fuck you, Jim Cornette. Go on. Phenom- <laughs> phenomenal things that he can do in the ring. Realistically. Yeah as again harsh as this sounds do you think he has any longevity as a storyline or as a character in the business because what Hmm, do you think that every promotion would probably go for the he's the underdog angle or do you think they'd give him any other compelling stories if he were signed to a full-time promotion um he needs to work out some more ways of doing other spots and such Hmm. but what he can do is fucking mind-blowing i think as a um a showpiece for a show to come on. Like I think he could work across Indies, like all across yeah. America, happily and make a decent living. Um, uh, he is limited, obviously. Um, yeah, why not? It's not a real fucking sport. Yeah, I find him really entertaining. Excuse me, sorry, fizzy words. Fucking almost threw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't really, but yeah, um, yeah. It's just I find him so entertaining. The crowd loved him here. The crowd loved him at the AEW show. Yeah, I don't see why not. I think, as you said, I think working on indies he is definitely where he could make a decent living out of it because of the reactions that he'll get. Yeah. I would worry how he'd be booked if he was signed for episodic TV. Yeah, for sure. Um, you put him in a stable. Be a, like, a character in tag matches and stuff. And yeah, but he, it would be a face stable, which, as we know, yeah. sometimes face well. stables aren't overly exciting. Uh, the Jungle Boy Marco Stun Luchasaurus. You know, he'd fit in that Rat Pack. That'd be really fun. Rat Pack sums that up very well. <laughs> I love that group, by the way. Uh, Luchasaurus is is going to be a fucking huge I'm star. Sure, I'm sure we said this in the previous spot. I had no idea he was the guy who outed Bill DeMott. Oh, was he? In NXT. Wow, okay, cool. So he's a decent human being as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they love him more and more every day. But yeah, this match, uh, I've just the commentators put over the wrestling is for everyone. Incredible fuck the cornet meter is just what I put here. Yeah. Just really enjoyed it. 
good as you said feel good moment yeah for sure they're yeah, perfect for this show yeah. absolutely perfect so bryce gets in the ring and i'm like yes any show with bryce on is better bryce remsberg my favorite referee in pro wrestling yeah i absolutely adore the man like he has a shining moment on this show but just just when he gets in the ring he, bring, he has a little statue of liberty thing that he brings like a little torch and it's just like i don't know i just love him he's perfect referee who can get himself over but not make it all about him yeah Loved it. incredible and was as we as we'll get to was given his opportunity to shine later in yeah the show. For sure so there's, there's there's one bit i have to complain about where the commentators are swapping over and they've, they're rattling the mics around they're talking and stuff and you can hear them the whole way through but there, there's a couple of moments i was just like oh for fuck's sake kevin gill get off commentary you know but i think that's the gen- that's the general thing if you had a third and they were interchanging and it wasn't as annoying as kevin gill you would yeah. be like oh this is very diy yeah that's it's kevin gill you'd be like fucking shut up kevin gill but you get this thing going on with a mic rattling yeah you get that for like five minutes enjoy like, enjoy please that please stop it enjoy that listeners yeah exactly <laughs> well it's a nice demonstration so next up we've got scramble match of a kid or a kid as i always call him <laughs> yeah a kid <laughs> it sounds like a, a pakistani name or something like a kid you know <laughs> yeah could be anyway so uh, australian <laughs> suicide which is the worst wrestling name i've ever heard in my life because suicide was already taken by tna <laughs> so he can and, and the, the ironic thing is probably like from croydon yeah probably <laughs> Uh, versus Jake Atlas versus Shane Mercer. Oh my God, he's fucking yeah, he's got a future, big uh, time. Versus Slim J, who doesn't have a future. Yeah, well, and oh yo 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 yo, Jungle Boy comes out and it's like oh yes, okay, nine oh two one oh Junior, nice to see him. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, right, so I mean, <sighs> right, rather than go because obviously it's very much a spot fest start with shane mercer jesus christ it's the first time i've boy, seen this guy yeah he had he been around in the late 90s ww would have signed him and just pushed him yeah because it's like when crimson was running through tna weird comparison uh, i think this guy's much better than oh crimson. no d- no but i'm just saying big dude big power moves yeah looks like he would be able to destroy you For i wrote sure. i wrote like a slightly smaller ginger brock lesnar yeah, absolutely. Like, he looks super roidy, let's put it out there. He, he would fail a wellness test. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I he think... needs to stay on the indies. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but he's definitely the guy they're putting over here, mm. apart from Jungle Boy, who obviously yeah, is a new already over anyway. plucky underdog. They've got a monster and a young, yeah. scrawny-looking dude that like, mm, we know what's going to happen here. And the other guys kind of fill in the gaps almost. This was also the show I think they had... Uh, shots of Matt Perry up in the crowd watching his oh, boy. Oh, was he there? Yeah. Didn't know that. Okay, I missed that completely. Which is awesome. Cool. I know it's uh, Jungle Boy's his son or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's uh, what am I going to say? So there's a bit where the commentators are talking on the mics like when they're not got the mics up to their mouth but you can still hear what they're saying and they have no idea who anyone is in this match. Um, other than Jungle Boy, I was in the same boat. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny but like, you know, we're not commentating this match live. You would have thought they'd want to know who the wrestlers were in the match before going out there but again this show is like it just sums up what it that's why i'm doing so much research for owe uk because <laughs> i don't want to be that guy yeah for sure man like, oh, i mean so many names to remember as well who are these kings of the north <laughs> for the record kings of the north are flipping outstanding i can't wait to see them in the owe uk tag team title tournament to get your tickets now for sure so there's my contractually obligated pug <laughs> i'm pretty pug <laughs> yep <laughs> the, uh, my dog gets it if i don't plug the tickets <laughs> there is a thing where kevin gill's on commentary here and he's introducing himself to dave prazak because he doesn't know who dave prazak is i'm like <laughs> dude 
you're a big part of professional wrestling and the indies and stuff. Like you've been on that Triple A show, you're on this show. I've seen you for GCW. And I like the well. fact you don't you know said, who Dave Prazak is. I like the fact you said you've been on that Triple A show once. <laughs> well, there is that. Like oh, that's embarrassing, man. Like and to have leave that on, like no one edited it out either. I guess it was live, so you can't. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Anyway, um, blah, 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 blah. Spot, Let's get spot, spot, finish, spot, 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 So Mercer's doing Undertaker's old school Death Valley driver move. And I'm like, what the fuck? That was a spot and a half. Killed him. Like walking along the ropes and then doing a DVD? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, so Mer- I put Mercer is like the heavyweight linchpin holding this spot monkey scramble together. Uh, finish comes when Jungle Boy and a kid do crazy reversals ending in a submission like a cat mutilation and octopus stretch yeah. really fucking cool uh, that's a really sweet innovative. Yeah. spot looks really Boy. good yeah. really good it, it's, it's, I would love to see him use this again but he's he's a small lad in a world of big lads for AEW yeah. not sure this should be his finish he needs like a big top rope splash but then you've, you've got the argument of he can hit it on absolutely anyone yeah he can't hit this on absolutely anyone because he can't lift them up yeah, well... Imagine him trying to lift up, like, I don't know, who's the biggest guy for AEW? There's not many big guys thinking about it. Nick Jackson? <laughs> well, no, that's what yeah, they whatever. said. If, if you think about it, the biggest boy they've got is Luchasaurus. Yeah. And he's not going to put on him, hopefully. That tag team should never turn on each no. other. They're way too lovely. So, Jungle Boy wins the match. Uh, it's a really fun, short lightning match. Kind of typical Lucha style, but with, like, American high yeah. spots. Uh, expected it to be shit, but I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Mercer and Jungle Boy are outstanding. A-Kid should be selling a bit more, because he immediately after the match, he gets up and shaking hands and clapping and everything. And there was a lot of handshaking, even, mm. like, yeah, other than the, uh, for the whole flipping weekend. Just off a scramble match, which should be a nothing match, really, yeah. on the show. That all of them line up and lift their hands, and my cornet meter is going dup, 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 like peaking. I'm like, Ooh. had Mercer obliterated everyone after doing that, then I would say, okay, there's a purpose. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, let's move on. So, GCW heavyweight title match of Nick fucking Gage, who's our current champion. You mean Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> Knock off your head. Against, I'm terrible with the first name, Shinjiro Otani. Otani. So, kind of de- legend from Zero One in Japan. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of an otani mark he's got some really cool spots but this is fucking terrible the match yeah the, the best bit about it is the entrances yeah that that it went downhill after the entrances for me i, mean, I said like, i know a little bit from of otani yeah and you can a te- lot of respect here from you the can, crowd. yeah you can tell how how popular and how well respected he is and uh yeah. nick gage you're not a fan are you not really not my not my type of wrestler so how much do you know about nick gage's past I'm assuming you're about to tell me he was a uh, he used to was an offensive lineman for Tier One Estate. <laughs> Tier One Estate. <laughs> um, so he was CZW guy. Yep, for a long time, like hardcore wrestling and that sort of shit. Wait, he does hardcore wrestling? Uh, yeah, he went to prison for a while. Uh, I'm not sure quite why. I did know. I think it was assault or drugs or something. But it wasn't like a long stint. It was just a couple of years. I thought you were about to say, it wasn't a bad crime. <laughs> <laughs> well, are drugs truly a bad crime? If you just if, if it's against the law, it's a bad crime. That's what the big boss man would tell you. And the Mountie <laughs> would tell you if he wasn't a naughty boy himself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Nick Gage uh, basically has come back and has come on this really kind of redemption story. And he refused to go back to CZW. Like, there's a lot of hate for CZW on this show, particularly. GCW seemed to be like the, we do the same thing, but we do it much better. Like, and we hate yeah. you sort of thing to CZW, which I don't know where that's really come from. I haven't really followed this. Where we need Nick from last week to come over because he kind of follows the hardcore stuff. Wasn't there something early this year? There was a CZW uh, GCW brawl. At I a love show. that you said Zed. 
I'm, I'm English. It's fucking great. I'm English. <laughs> Sorry, go on. A brawl. Wasn't there a brawl between C C C W and and, and, GCW. and GCW at a show? I don't know. There might have been. I thought there was something that that might explain a lot of the heat. Genuinely kicked off. Right. Okay. That makes sense. But yeah. Anyway. So Nick Gage is on this redemption story, and basically he's like the big, scary, hardcore dude in these things that's kind of loved by the fans. There's a classic stage. I'm pretty sure it was Nick Gage and CM Punk sitting backstage at a thing of a CZW show, and Punk talks about how Nick Gage comes up to him and goes like, "Well, I work like a heel, but I'm the face." They're like, well, that pretty much sums him up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was like, I don't know how you meant to tell stories with this. And I'd never seen a Nick Gage match that made any sense to me. It's deathmatch wrestling. Well, yeah, it's not always deathmatch, though. He does just like strong style stuff as well. And like, yeah, it's... Um, Hmm. so uh nick Gage basically walks into a mosh pit making his entrance it's fucking great the entrance, is, re- the entrance is really cool yeah they do the whole mdk all fucking day and like everyone joins in uh nick gage gets the nick fucking gage intro treatment like jimmy fucking havoc etc yeah. etc uh have you ever seen uh, the bit where jimmy was in japan and the commentator asked to write down how phonetically how to say Jimmy's name. So he re- he wrote, Jimmy, fucking <laughs> So the guy says it. it's fucking hilarious. Uh, so Gage turns to the camera and goes, I'm over as a motherfucker. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. I mean, this is great. I'm definitely going to say that if I ever get over again. <laughs> I'm over, kids. The idea of just walking around and saying that to the camera is so fucking obnoxious to me. But it's, it made me pop. I'm going to be honest. I laughed. Um, so the fans pop some confetti tubes and this is not the last time they do it but this is the first time they do it flipping gimmick stealing bastards <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny and entertaining and such but like it fills the ring with confetti which yeah. is shit man like yours is like a poof or whatever I made sure like that... three hand cannons going off and it's like it's a but, bit much but a valuable lesson yeah. ladies and gentlemen don't throw glitter in a wrestling ring <laughs> glitter well because i threw glitter yeah from my bum bag at power will power i remember yeah and literally i fucking fell off my chair laughing it was so good <laughs> and apparently um like five or six wrestlers are out the back after being lame late in the rumble and i think uh sj randall was like where did all this glitter come from and about six wrestlers at the same time went fucking tax <laughs> <laughs> was it a matter of it was getting in people's eyes and shit or it was just it like literally just all over their bodies oh, okay. where they're bumping in the That's ring funny all look like strippers coming back from their wrestling show you know? <laughs> one fan dan let's strip you of that red belt 22nd of september i would have been working owe all week so i'll be working you carry on right so copyright doesn't exist in new jersey as nick gage walks out to whom the bell tolls i'm like fucking napster <laughs> <laughs> fuck you loads Ulrich. fuck you so it's a slow start in the match uh but it gets proper i was i was thinking this ended up being like the classic strong style japanese yeah. sort of match it it's not because otani does some boot scrapes really cool working very smart hardly takes any sort of bumps you know um does the does the fucking boot scrapes like three times to get the pop because that's his like custom yeah. thing that you know joe and everyone else made famous from otani basically yeah. uh, i look away from two seconds and nick gage has already won the match and i'm like what the fuck just happened I had to skip it back. There's a few stiff strikes. Nick Gage does the sloppiest roll up, grabs the tights, one, two, three, and that's it. It was literally like three minutes. Yep. For all this build up. But the the build up, I said, you know, the match was shit, but then you also got to wonder I mean, how old's Atani now? Uh, old enough, yeah. Yeah. It's I hard mean, to tell. He'll, he'll want to work, but yeah it's he's an old boy it's like he's one in, it's one in the morning he's already got up for his midnight wee yeah i think there's an element of because he's such a respected legend from japan especially he was the top guy in Mishino- yeah. and not mishinoki pro what's this one 
Oh, Jesus. Um, a zero one. There you go. That's it. The top zero one guy. I think he was the booker as well for a long time. Um, you can't just beat Japanese guys like that. You know what I mean? Like clean. Yeah. So I think they've kind of negotiated a lot backstage and lots of trunks. Yeah, I was getting the feeling like Atani didn't really like Nick Cage very much. I'm in Atani's camp for this. Yeah, I felt I'm, like he was just like, okay, we'll just do this. I'll do my boot scrapes. You'll roll me up, and then we'll just go home. Okay. I know who I and like. Then you pay me. <laughs> yeah, mainly you pay me, and also pay for my flights for sure. Yeah, go on. Well, I was going to say it's um. Yeah, it's classic heel finish. There's not going to be anything overly brutal in this for uh, for Nick Gage because Atani's not going to take it, and why would he? Because he's yeah. a, an elder statesman. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. As you, as you said, it just for, to try and showcase their champion in Legends match. If I were going, oh, I definitely want to watch GCW's champ again. I wouldn't base nah, this match. Not me at all. Uh, there is one point where I can compliment Nick Gage, and it's the end of the match where this was a weird bullshit finish that the fans were just like, wait, what? Like, we gave you all that momentum and he'd yeah. come in and you just gave us a shitty roll-up after some boot scrapes. Um, so Gage grabs the mic and puts over Otani. And it's like, it's this moment when I realize how he gets over. He can't wrestle the lick, really. And yeah. it doesn't really work. And his selling's a bit goofy and shit, you know, as much as I'm sure he would hate me to say that, but it's the truth. Um, but his mic work. He is fearless. Like, he just gets it. Yeah. Like, he gets the crowd back on their side, like, instantly, and just puts the f- over Atani as, like, this legend. Like, he's very good on the mic. Well, exactly, because straight away, everyone forgot about the match. Remember yeah. the entrance, remember the respect for Atani, and then that's it. Everyone's, again, have a feel-good moment for someone who's basically had a three-minute squash. Yeah, for sure. And, like, they get them so back on their side that is when he leaves, it's like his entrance again. Yeah. They're doing the mosh pit shit and, like, they're playing Metallica and all sorts. And uh, it's genuinely impressive. But the greatest match of the year. Next. This is the reason I chose to do this particular show. I wanted to watch this match and talk about it. Because, to me, this is perfection. It's genius. Uh, but it's some people would probably fucking hate this match. I thought this was the best theatrics in wrestling I've seen in a very, very long time. We are talking about the brother versus brother grudge match of the Invisible Stan versus the Invisible Man refereed by the fucking incredible genius that is Bryce Remsburg. This is Bryce showcasing how fucking good he is at his job. He doesn't even need wrestlers in the ring to get the wrestlers over. (laughs) I've never seen invisible people get over in any walk of life. It's fucking so good, man. Right. So Bryce enters the ring. A table is set up in the corner. and There's like some sort of rope hanging off of it. I'm like, hmm, that's a bit weird. Um, So we've got Denver, Colorado and Dave Prezak on commentary. And I'm like, thank God God for that. Because this needs it for sure. Imagine Gil trying to put this over. But hang on, there's no wrestlers there. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) He's me. So these two do a great job on commentary putting over this hilarious story. The fans chant, fuck you, Stan. Fuck you, Stan. The the clear heel and the villain of the piece. And they sell his entrance by like looking about where he would be and going like, boo, (laughs) as he's going past and stuff. (laughs) It's like as the cameraman walks around when there's no one to film, all the fans go, no, boo. (laughs) They're still like really into it. This is, I'm so happy. Like crowd participation was on point for this. When the ref, the the lack of rest, the wrestlers, uh, the the crowd, the, the music, the entrance, like everything's a commentary is all on point 
God damn, professional wrestling's the best thing in the world, isn't it? I've never thought I'd say this, but imagine how good wrestling would be without the wrestlers. <laughs> well, this is it. <laughs> Fuck the politics. Pay the referees the big money. So I'll just go through my notes. I don't want to miss too much in this particular match because it's the one thing yeah, I really want to I'll talk definitely. about. So what follows is a magical performance by the greatest referee in professional wrestling. Invisible Man gets plenty of hand slaps on his way to the ring. <laughs> and welcome back, Chance. And you're like, what's happening? <laughs> I was pissing myself with laughter. Bryce has his bad boy vision, the Joey Janela yeah. shit, getting over the shtick. He's got these big sunglasses. Little so the- green outline of them as well. Yeah, yeah really yeah. nice. So he can see the two guys in the ring. We, I don't think he even needed to do this, but it was a nice little touch to just get the whole Joey Janela gimmick over. So they're exchanging lots of fast roll-ups to start, even though they're not. <laughs> like, Bryce is so good at doing what he's doing. You know exactly what's happening, you know? Uh, standoff, huge pop, boo-yay spots. Like, he's just selling this, going like, boo-yay! Like, by himself. It's so fucking good. Who do you think pitched this? Oh, this is Bryce. It has yeah. to be Bryce, doesn't it? Can you imagine him going, got an idea for a match. <laughs> exactly. Bear with me. Let me paint you a picture. There's lots of stuff on this show that I'm like, how did they book these wrestlers? Like, again, like, who decided this was what we were going to do? Like, whoever they are, thank you. Because this made my fucking week. This is so good. I will say this before you carry on with your spots. Yeah, go on. It's fine. At some point, the Invisible Man's going to pin our truth for the 24-7 belt. <laughs> That'd be fucking great. Imagine if it's Invisible Stan, the heel brother. <laughs> so we get an eye poke by Stan to massive boos by the crowd. The commentators are working their fucking asses <laughs> off the whole time. Like, they're screaming down the mic like it's the best match they've ever seen. And he poked him in the eye! Yeah, they're just going for it full force. Necro Butcher. Uh, sorry, they do the Necro Butcher spot. Well, they have the two chairs and they both sit down and they just punch each other for ages as well. And you're like, this fucking match. Uh, so Invisible Man is busted open. <laughs> this is so good when he got the gloves out. I know. So Bryce gets the gloves on like WWE referees have to nowadays. Oh, so funny, man. Like the, the laughter when he starts to whip out the gloves. He's like, oh, we better clean that up. <laughs> it's like, it's fucking great. Hang on, get, get, get in here. Look at this. No, no, wait, wait. I've got to check the cut. Yeah. Are you okay to continue? Are you okay to continue? His job of like selling everything a ref would do, you know, yeah. so you know exactly, you realize how important a good referee can be. Anyway, so uh, brawl through the crowd. The balcony dive is fucking amazing. Uh, it's a shame the cameras don't pick it all up, but about 10 referees and people from the show all gather below the balcony. Bryce is on top of the balcony and he's literally with his arms going, no, no, <laughs> like this. It goes, and as he does, everyone on the floor bumps. bumps over. <laughs> like, so good. I love the fact that the fan participation was, so you had all the referees, all the backstage shows, and loads of the fans around the area, but oh. not everyone. Yeah. They, they were to make any sense of cases. I'm in the area where this would happen. I'd fall down. And the other wrestlers like, the wrestling fans like, I fell down. No. <laughs> holy shit. Holy shit. The fact that everyone's joining in and there's a long yeah. for the ride as well is so funny. Just to clarify, there is no one wrestling. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. just going for it. Uh, so uh, Stan shoves and takes a uh, cheap shot on cheap shot to Bryce. You're like, boo, don't you dare. And Kikataro comes out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, again, one of my absolute favorites. If you don't know who Kikataro is, he invented the slow motion stuff. He invented like 90% of the comedy spots you see in pro wrestling nowadays. I can highly recommend anything with like him and Colt Cabana or anything with Kikataro in DDT. 
like just go to youtube and like watch some because he's fucking hilarious uh but he, he's not so great here unfortunately because he doesn't i don't think he wants to take bryce's shine yeah. away almost i don't i don't think he was totally needed either but no i, I this this was unnecessary yeah. other than the fact of kikataro is a case of it, he is comedy therefore yeah i think um bryce maybe had a bit of a like what if it doesn't work yeah, at least we get the Taro pop. Yeah, <laughs> so Kikitaro comes out. He throws a chair at Stan and gives him a DDT. Uh, one, two. Stan gets the shoulder up. <laughs> this is fucking great. Uh, Stan attacks Kikitaro. No, what a heel! Something invisible goes through the table. <laughs> this is the best bit. Where Bryce is looking over to the corner, and he follows like something. It's got to be the two lads, isn't it? Yeah. Invisible Stan, the Invisible Man. And someone on the outside pulls a rope that collapses the table. <laughs> and so it looks like they've gone through the table in the corner. The reaction was out- oh, <sighs> phenomenal. So loud. Huge holy shit chance for the one, two, three. And the invisible man gets the face pop win in this grudge match against his brother. I cannot... This would have been... I mean, on the video on our YouTube, um, if you're listening to the audio, we're um, live on YouTube each week. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're listening to on the audio... Pause what you're doing. Get on YouTube. See if you can find this match. Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. GCW. Joe Jenner's Spring Break. Just watch it. It. We are. I mean, we've watched it. We're talking about it now. I don't even think what we how we've described it has done this justice for how much of a masterpiece this is. You can't describe. I described it as best I yeah. could, you know. But really, you have to see this. This is fucking amazing. I could have Bryson every show doing this and be totally content. If we can find this, we'll tweet this match out later. Sure. You, you will think it's got to come back at some point, you know? Yeah. So it's got to, there's got to be some sort of invisible stand revenge match or something, isn't it? WrestleMania weekend. It's yeah, bound to be. keep an eye out because this is well yeah. worth a view. Of, well, this was worth the £15 to watch this show. Alone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because I definitely paid for this show. So, <laughs> and like all good referees, Bryce heads to the back the second the pinfall is counted. Does not take any adulation away from the competitors. Does not take like any adulation himself. He's like he works this like it's legitimately two professional wrestlers working. Yeah, and 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 she leaves them, Fuck leaves me. the brothers to shake their hands. But he's gone. Yeah, ex- exactly. I love the camera following the the invisible man who <laughs> the as they left. <laughs> so good so there's a moment here which if i was in there i'd be doing exactly this where at these indie shows around wrestlemania weekend fans have taken to doing the lucha thing where if they appreciate the match they'll screw up some money and they'll throw it into the ring yeah did you catch this was happening okay cool so basically there's a flood of ring there's a flood of money into the ring and rightly so i'm hoping bryce got every penny of that because this is fucking... I can't say it enough. It's absolute genius. It's so clever. You realise how smart and how good he is at his job that he can go out and do this? And here's the thing as well. So, you know, if you're thinking you've got two wrestlers, um, however experienced they are, they will sit at the back and they will talk through their spots with yeah. each other and how to get it done, get the referee involved. Basically, they've said to Bryce, here's 10 minutes do what you want. Because it's yeah. not thing that Bryce is going to sit there and go to like a training center and go, right, I need to work this in the ring. I need like half an hour in this <laughs> ring to do this. Can someone watch this and give me pointers? Yeah, yeah. He's probably just got like bullet point of this part, this part, this part, this part. And also, not being funny, just remembering the order you want to do everything. Yeah, sure. I mean, Bryce has had the best training to lead to this point. He's trained by Quack, Shikara, yeah. worked in Shikara for a very long time. 
Uh, he's been a part of a stand-up comedy group as well. I've seen a bunch of their stuff. It's very funny. And he's always one of the funniest people. Maybe I'm biased because, you know, I'm yeah. a wrestling fan. But, like, I feel like his his career was leading up to this moment almost, you know? I'd also question, and this isn't be... Because, obviously, we've still got quite a few matches to go from this card. Yeah. Why has a referee got the best facial expressions to sell anything happening in a wrestling ring rather mm. than over a two-night wrestling event? And to be fair... Again, I thought this was right up my street for like entertainment value. But even if you look over the whole WrestleMania weekend, even Mania itself, yep. who sold in-ring action better than what Bryce did in this match? The facials, the storytelling. Yeah. I know it was exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, sure. But this is how you tell stories. And he told stories totally without wrestlers. Yeah. There are a few guys, but I know what you're saying. Like I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Bryce is just so, so good at his job. Um, I think um, he's one of the more experienced guys on this card as well, you yeah. know? So I think that really comes through. Uh, but yeah, totally, man. He's fucking amazing. And also, People should be better at doing this, yeah. If I was on this card and I was on this lineup and I look at the run sheet, yeah. I'd be able to be like, all right, I'm on after um, the Invisible Man vs. Invisible Man. Brilliant. That'll be fucking easy to follow. <laughs> Unlucky, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. Uh, wait, what's after this? This is Tucker and Orange Cassidy. Oh, it is. Yeah, isn't it? So we've got Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy, again, one of my absolute favorites recently, versus Taka Mishinoku, one of my all-time favorites. And like, didn't they do a top-rope Mishinoku driver earlier? Kick out of it. Fucking cunts. <laughs> Taka's on this show. Outstanding. Level. But then again, you know, he did cheat on his wife. So, you know, disrespect his move, disrespect his wife. <laughs> so, Hi, Taka. So Tucker comes out and copyright doesn't exist in New Jersey because this is the WWF music he's coming out to the dun 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 which is just like the coolest fucking music ever. And you can see Joey Janela backstage being like, oh, this is great. That's exactly what I wanted. And Jim Johnson backstage going, he I wrote that. So Orange Cassidy's limp-wristed high fives to the crowd. Always I mark out for he's like, yeah, hello, how are you? So again, who managed to book this match? Who, where did they get Taka from, firstly? New Japan are in town, evidently, yeah. right? Like, how did they convince him to wrestle Orange Cassidy? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Who booked this shit? This is incredible. And, all, and also, <laughs> for Taka, because only going, because this WrestleMania weekend, I know obviously you knew, knew a lot about Orange Cassidy before WrestleMania weekend. but this, Yeah, I'm a big fan. This, again, was probably more of a coming out party for, like, indie grandeur. Yeah, I'd say. maybe. He's been around a bit up to this point, but... But I'd say Taka Mishinoku have- would not know... Orange Cassidy. Yeah, for sure. I don't think so. Uh, Orange Cassidy actually had his own show this weekend as well. Oh, did he? It was the Orange Cassidy does something silly or wrestles or something. That's the name of the show. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it was actually very good. I've got it if we want to do it at some point in the future. But, um, you know, I think he's very much over by this point. And yeah. the more he starts to work, and he'll be in AEW, right? I don't think so. I don't think he's signed. He was in the Battle Royal they did, the I second show. I don't think at the moment this works for TV. Oh, I do. I think you need vers- variety and I th- I think, he's perfect. I think you do, but considering AWR, I know they're going to go for the younger generation of fan. I think they mm, need... Maybe. To, and again, why don't blow the load too early? Give it another like 12 to 18 months and then get the new characters in because you get them all in at once. If I'm running a wrestling promotion, I want Oren Cassidy on my roster every week as much as possible well, when we do when we do uh, yeah. UK DDT <laughs> we'll get his contact details <laughs> and then wince at the booking fee <laughs> so commentary 
uh, are starting to get very tipsy at this point because Dave Prezak is literally just talking about drinking on commentary. Being like, what are we getting next? Like, you got the jack over there. <laughs> like, it's very funny. Uh, Cassidy wrestles the first five minutes of the match with sunglasses on and his hands in his pocket because he's an absolute genius. Tucker takes the sunglasses off and Cassidy gets really fucking angry and does a huge chop to Tucker where he goes... And hits him like kind of like limp wristedly from about an inch away. Yeah. <laughs> That's his revenge spot. I think it's fucking hilarious. Um, Taka is laughing as he's selling Orange Cassidy's attacks in the ring. And I'm like, yeah, even he's, he's enjoying in. He's it. in. Uh, Taka targets Orange Cassidy's eyes after a while. Prezak puts over that Taka is, Taka is like the Andersons as he's picked a body part and is going after it. Cassidy's eyes. <laughs> like, not quite the same, but really funny line on commentary. Uh, Cassidy goes for a top rope splash but is about five foot short in a five foot ring <laughs> <laughs> Cassidy drinks orange juice super kicks by Taka nobody kicks out the Mishinoku driver when Taka Mishinoku does it one two three and your winner is Taka Mishinoku correct result with a Mishinoku driver fucking A if you hit a Mishinoku like Taka no one hits it like Matt do, do you know what as well it's probably the first time in about three years I've actually seen someone fucking not kick out of a Mishinoku <laughs> driver yeah fair point um, he does it differently to everyone else yeah he hooks the neck in front of them pulls it up so their chin is completely tucked protected he has their hand hooked over the inside of their thigh in between their legs and then when he drops them he drops them like a DVD yeah really carefully like it's safe Sl- as it fuck slides them under doesn't it but it looks so dangerous yep. i don't think he's ever hurt anyone doing it right that's why it's always three because they've gone been put to sleep because they've landed so gently yeah it's like millimeters away from killing someone every time yeah but it's it seems safe as fuck when he does it i'd hate to see other people try and do it like this but no one does mishinoku drivers like taka like technically in mishinoku three but whatever you know yeah you I'm going to stop three uh, variations yeah. on this driver. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm I'm going to stop ca- calling no. anything on a commentary at the Mishinoku driver. I'm just going to start numbering them different things. Oh, there's a Mishinoku eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fine. He's kicked out too. That's all right. Yeah. Oh sure. no, apologies. The three count. That was a Mishinoku driver. Or like the very the the Mishinoku variation, you could say, for example, because <laughs> yeah. like we've got to stop calling other stuff the Mishinoku driver because it's not really. No. If you don't hit it like this, it's not really the same move. You know. It's the Taka variant. Fucking a. This is getting really pedantic, and people who don't know what we're talking about just be like, "Fucking turn this off." <laughs> so, <laughs> this um, doesn't bode well if I have to wrestle Will Power at Christmas. If I have to eat the uh, the Tucker adjustment. Oh yeah, for sure. Don't do that. Whatever you do. So uh, Kevin Gill on commentary does his best to ruin this, but again, really, really <laughs> fun match. Like I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, two of my favourite guys recently having a fucking hilarious match. Fucking brilliant. Top work. So Ethan Page's final fight for his soul and dignity as a human being is up next. <laughs> this was on the poster and everything. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, you know, what a title to win. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, soul and dignity as a human being? Like, I'd quite like that to be fair. Yeah, yeah I lost. I lost that title years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious uh, this is such a fun segment so Paige uh, cuts a heel promo on the event saying how shitty it is now the stipulation and the title is dumb as fuck uh, Ethan Page goes full cornet on this promo just shitting all over everyone uh, the mystery opponent not coming from the entranceway but coming from the other side of the arena like venue I guess we call yeah. it it's Starman ah oh, Starman he's uh, was trained by Los Conquistadors <laughs> So we get a match of Ethan Page versus Starman, right? It's the NES pro wrestling game. Yep. I'm assuming this is maybe not in your repertoire. 
No, but when I did my research onto this, I did write down it's the uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. <laughs> but not the Super NES. Because you're like somewhat of a gamer, but not really. I have right? recently turned on my PS4 and I've been starting to play Blood Bowl on my PS4. Oh, cool. Awesome. Really good. I really can play really one game a night before I fall asleep because it's like, oh, it's an hour of game. Oh, that's a bit excessive for computer gaming. I'm 35. I'm going to call you a PS nub and we're going to carry on. So, <laughs> so we've got Ethan Page versus Starman. Uh, basically, Starman rolls up Ethan Page for the one, two, three. Winner is Starman. He unmasks. He struggles for about five minutes. Of course, <laughs> he fucking did because we find out why. It's Virgil. Virgil, uh, Virgil who also ca- Virgil who can't sell for love nor money because his facial expression <laughs> looks like a disappointed cat. He unmasks. He's like, yeah. yeah. Once he finally I... gets this fucking hood off, because he goes to unzip it, it's like fuck it, I'll just rip it off. And can't it gets stuck on his face? It's fucking hilarious. But yeah, he doesn't sell it for shit, does he? I, I wonder if Virgil was struggling to breathe and he was just case of, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> it's like he went to leave the ring and then the fans started chanting Virgil, realizing who it was. Yeah. And then he takes the, ma- takes the mask off and Ethan Page's reaction is genius. He starts going, he's on his knees and he like, takes both hands and goes, no! <laughs> starts crying and stuff because he lost to Virgil and he's lost his soul and dignity as a human being in fairness it was interesting to see Virgil oh. without his tag team partner at the gimmick table <laughs> for sure but like he was the four he was going to be the fourth member of the NWO you know of course he was <laughs> yeah. uh, props to Virgil for letting this happen and for letting Ethan Page sell like this like yeah. he'd lost to the worst human being <laughs> I mean he has can't he get has. through that sentence fucking hell so uh, Ethan Page has lost his soul and dignity as a human being. Uh, Virgil- and that's why he works for Impact. <laughs> <laughs> Virgil, uh, Virgil is now in the clusterfuck tomorrow, apparently. But, uh, but wait, Ethan Page isn't going anywhere. Uh, Ethan Page back on the mic as fans tell him to shut the fuck up. So Ethan Page is now agenting the clusterfuck tomorrow, apparently, which is his punishment for losing that match. And in fairness, based on the number of people in the clusterfuck, I would just have ripped up my contract and not bothered. For sure, yeah. I mean, why bother agenting? Just be like, fuck it. There you go, boys. See what happens. You know, which is what they did, right? Yeah, that's how he agented it. <laughs> so, part one's main event of the evening is an anything goes death match Ugh. of Jimmy Lloyd. <laughs> Jimmy Lloyd versus Masashi Takeda. Uh, Masashi Takeda is a big Japan guy in case you didn't know he's like the current champion okay. at the time of recording so, uh, but really two people I've never heard of before um, Low Life Louis is here to announce the main event because apparently no one else wants to be a part of this which I'm I understand after seeing it I agree with um, so there's a bunch of people bringing out light tubes and tables and tables with light tubes attached to them they even changed the canvas because they're like I'm not fucking ruining my canvas for your bullshit you know um, the sponsors uh, don't want it <laughs> I've written here is this a good idea? <laughs> it's a tiny venue, lots of people. Deathmatch? Are we sure this is a good idea? I or I really lost interest at this stage because I was a bit like two people I don't mm. really know. Oh look, not only have they bought out a table and a lightning tube, they've also bought out oh, who's inconveniently glued some lighting tubes to a table? I wonder if they're going to set fire to yeah. them. So yeah, this is again, it's not our type of wrestling. No. Really. So Spider Nate Webb comes out on commentary, and I kind of mark out because I've kind of remember him from CZW and stuff in the past. 
And then Prezak on commentary goes, you're going to commentate on CZW later? And Nate Webb just goes, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> like, they've obviously got a lot of heat still with CZW. It's pretty funny. Uh, Prezak and Webb are constantly ripping on CZW, telling stories. He says, has someone turned up as, and then left before his match? <laughs> Popping themselves, referring to something that happened in CZW locker room, apparently, where someone turned up and then left before their match even started. Um... Anyway, uh, there are light tubes laid out all over the fucking ring. Old Town Road starts to play while they're setting up. Um, again, because copyright doesn't exist in New Jersey. Um, oh, the good old Billy Ray Cyrus. The, the senior official comes out. who looks like he's about 15. Um, they have literally have about five minutes have gone past while they're setting all this bullshit up. Which is difficult because Old Town Road's only about two and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go for two nights. Man! Oh, I already did that. Anyway, so... Uh, we get confetti tube treatment for both the lads coming out. Full of razors. <laughs> yeah, you'd expect something crazy. You know? Or drawing pins. Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, Not thumbtacks. He has, uh, this uh, Takeda guy has got a cool entrance gear. He's got a mask, sparkly matching shirt and tights and stuff. Like, Yeah, he realised he was booked in the wrong place. Yeah, this is a good, the best bit probably. Good look. It starts yep. to get very, very unnerving very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I know when we said in the past we've been things like progress and havoc comes out of an axe, and I'm like, ugh. Well, but this the thing is, at least people sell the axe and shit. Yeah, this you know? was a case of let's hurt each other and do our very best to not pretend we've been hurt. I think it's worse than that. <laughs> in that, both guys come out, bump on light tubes, and don't sell it. Yeah. Okay, right. So let's say. Well, because they don't hurt. Uh, huh. Hmm. That's my point. So let's say I buy into the idea that deathmatch wrestling is a legitimate thing, you know, yeah. like like you're meant to do with pro wrestling in general. Yes. Right? You're meant to suspend your disbelief, like watching a play movie, whatever. No one needs to, to explain that to them. Um, Unless you've come across this podcast in error. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you probably won't just go away. <laughs> but buy so a t-shirt. If the, yeah, do that first. Oh, I can't be fucked. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we really want to push our merch, but we can't. You can buy it on Amazon. Just go to Amazon Search World Wrestling Podcast. It's really cool. I, I've just, I haven't got it set up because of the technology problems. Anyway, so let's say uh, I'm bought into the idea of deathmatch wrestling, right? If two guys both immediately bump on one of the most lethal things in the match and go, ha, that didn't hurt. Why should I believe anything else you do? Because if this was CZW, they'd be bringing out the C4. Yeah. Which is, we both know, like, spud gun caps pop caps yeah sparklers basically yeah anyway so Gold, um, it's goldberg's entrance pyro <laughs> <laughs> that's what czw bump on so CZW, let's sorry. go through this really violent 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 arm drag well, violent 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 shit there's violent bit, there's violent bits pin I, there's bits i want to talk about so they immediately both bump on light tubes voluntarily which is dumb as fuck um, they get what's called a gusset plate at this point. Now, do you know what a gusset plate is? I think my wife owns one. <laughs> <laughs> Britishisms, yeah, yeah, for sure. So a gusset plate is a plate for connecting beams and gu- and girders to columns. A gusset plate can be fastened to a, a permanent permanent member. <laughs> this I really is British, isn't it? Either by bolts, rivets, or welding, or forcing it into someone's head with your own fists. Because <laughs> it's fucking grotesque. It's like got six spikes in it. It's like a metal plate that they put up to their forehead and they go bang, 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 and there's blood gushing. It's basically like a shit construction industry version of a meat tenderizer. It's fucking gross. Uh, light tube in the mouth, the Russian leg sweep. Why? Just, just fucking don't. Uh, this Jimmy Lloyd fella is drenched in his own blood like a minute into the match. 
the front row is covered in smashed glass and blood and all sorts. Um, Takeda whips out a board with three pairs of scissors attached to it. Nice craft bench, well played. Oh, yeah, very lovely. This is by far the most fucked up thing I think I've ever seen in pro wrestling, just to point out. Oh, well, actually, there's been a, two or three things. But, um, Takeda. Yeah, Ali- uh, Molina versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like five, minus five star matches. Um, so Takeda <laughs> runs across the ring and does a, does a, well, like a knee smash into the board with Jimmy Lloyd sitting in the corner with the board of scissors facing him. And now the fucking scissors look like they embed into Lloyd's neck and chest. And I'm just like, nope. I'm beyond uncomfortable now. Like I can handle hardcore wrestling. Like as much as I don't enjoy it, it doesn't freak me out necessarily. This was stupid. When someone almost gets a fucking end of their scissors embedded into their fucking thorax, I'm like, no, no, just, just, just no, thanks, man. Like I'm fine with that. No. And like they do a, um, well, you could say they do a good job of selling like that's happened because it didn't. One of the scissors gets embedded just below his collarbone, and he pulls it straight out. Yeah, we're talking like this, like this, and all. Oh, he just got yeah. a he he just got a set of scissors just embedded just Wait, below his collarbone. Oh, I'm, I'm back. I was like twelve year old. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is that like you've got to say they did it safely for um, what it was. Shouldn't have shouldn't have happened in the first place. No, I totally agree. But if you're gonna do deathmatch, I'm trying to give them some devil's advocate here. If they're gonna do deathmatch wrestling. You're, the idea is to shock, and this shocked me. You know. Well, yeah, it was it was shocking. When's the last time anything deathmatch ever really actually shocked you? Made you go like, Bleh! like I almost threw up when I saw his fucking scissors embedded in a dude's chest. I I was just pissed off. Yeah, I mean, don't fucking do this ever. Like it's just grotesque. It, the, the, this whole match sums up exactly why I dislike deathmatch wrestling. Yeah, it's it's like five minutes the whole match, and it's just constant like bang, get up, do this, bang, don't sell it, get up, do this. And also, this is, again, this is not me shitting on the wrestlers who do deathmatch style. That's fine. If that's the, the niche you want to do and that's how you can yeah. make your living, who great. Who to tell you not to do yeah. something? You know what have, I mean? Have at it. I just don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just think to myself sometimes, like with that scissor spot, I understand people doing this in front of like thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. But what are you say, like 250, 300 people here? I don't know, man. <sighs> Maybe Saying a bit that's more. like... I'm a big punk rock kid, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want thousands of people at my shows. I want, like, ten people that I care about that I think are funny, you know what I mean? Like, I've played to very big crowds before, and it's shit. You oh, get man, ho- I love playing to big crowds. <laughs> you get horrifically nervous. No. You sit there, you don't interact with anyone. It's like, I can see why these guys like doing what they do. I think if as as a kid, if I wasn't like a li- if like one fucked up thing had happened to me as a kid, like extra, you know what I mean? I could have seen myself doing this for a living, for sure. <laughs> one fu- one extra. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some fucked up shit happen to me in my yeah. life, but like I was never raped as a child or something, you know, which could lead to me doing this. This has taken a very dark turn. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, That's not saying all deathmatch wrestlers have been abused as children, <laughs> by the way. Let's clarify that now. I know. Let's clarify that now because some yeah, people yeah. can interpret. But yeah, but like you know, like they're self-harming, which is bad. You yeah. Know? Well, that essentially this is what I sometimes view this as: is you, it's you're self-harming for entertainment. Yeah. What a weird sentence to say. Yeah. What other world spectrum of anything would you ever say that? Which is why I said, for, for me, it makes me feel uncomfortable. At no point would I ever go, I said, I respect for people who put their bodies through it, but I just, it's not for me. 
No, definitely not. So let's just finish off the last one, because that scissor spot is by far the most fucked up shit that happens in this whole show, or anything yeah. I've pretty much ever seen in pro wrestling. Um, so I've never wanted a match to stop more before in my life. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I just ne- didn't want to watch this at this point, but I stuck with it. Uh, both lads no-sell head drop suplexes. Both lads smash light tubes over their own heads. They do the weed whacker spot, but thank God it's nowhere near as bad as yeah. the f- initial weed whacker spot because they fight over it and they actually do some teasing here, which is like, oh my God, you understand wrestling? Yeah, for sure. And the weed whacker spot is it's on and it's and that's it. And you're like, oh, thank God. Like that's going to suck. But you know, it's not holding it in someone's chest for five minutes like the yeah. TCW stuff back in the day. So uh, Jimmy Lloyd just kicked out at one after a fucking gross fucking weed whacker shit and all sorts of head drop stuff. Uh, after being suplexed, smashed into a door with light tubes all over it. Brutal head drop, inverted DDT, and a bunch of, guess what, light tubes. Uh, for one, two, three, and thank fuck this match is over. Masashi Takeda, no one wins here. And then I think Atani got rolled up with the tights after two minutes. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, this, I, this show is very, very different. This again, <laughs> had this been the standalone, so we weren't doing two parts. I would have ended this by being like, "Ugh, yeah." It, it that would have been a bad ending. And in fairness, I watched this in two parts because I start, I started watching the second half of this when I was feeling under the weather. And I was watching okay. this part when I was under the weather as well, and I was like, "It was a long slog." But the thing is, though, a lot of the stuff which we watched in part one was entertaining and was good or there was nostalgia value for things like Atani who had such, yeah. such heritage in wrestling. But ending with this, I was, because I said it wasn't ready for my, my style, it sort of took a shine of all the good things that had happened in the first part yeah. of it. I couldn't stop thinking about this one match. No. I, I stopped watching this. Uh, well, I stopped watching before part two and I was a bit like, that's, yeah, I didn't enjoy that. But that is how it's meant to make some people feel. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. And it worked. It worked for me. Yeah. Um, part one in general. Enjoyed it? No, because this took the shine off it for me. Really? And even still now, I, I that I, bad? Like you just couldn't think of even the Invisible Man match and stuff. The Invisible Man match, I'm I've just taken that out of this event as that is just okay. a piece. That is a masterpiece. That would have worked well in any wrestling card, but this death match just made the the whole card seem irrelevant. Cool. Because anything that's happened before has no purpose because two people almost killed each other. So part two. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new day. New day. There's an hour at the beginning of this stream, which is hilarious because apparently they were meant to start an hour before they actually did. But I think it was Joey Janela was backstage going, fucking New Japan and ROH are running over at Madison Square Garden. We're not starting until people turn up, which was a good move. Imagine you turn up and there's like five people in the crowd for the first hour. Oh, SummerSlam. Well, yeah, that too. It would have been terrible. But there's some hilarious bits evolving around that, so you need to kind of explain that first. So, uh, they're waiting for fans to show up. Uh, This show is starting after the ROH New Japan show is finished. So it's like, this again is very late night wrestling. One in the morning. That was like a 12-1 finish, wasn't it? uh, Just after 12, the ROH show and MSG finished. So they have to get across to the other venue in New Jersey or whatever. Jesus Christ. So, same commentary team, but also Ron Funch is on commentary at some point tonight, I've noted down. So, uh, Joey Janela with Penelope Ford versus Jungle Boy is our opening match of night two. Time to put over another little boy. For sure. Like a very similar sort of like younger lad as well. 
So uh, Janela comes out shouting to the camera about how Okada's having long fucking matches. And <laughs> fuck you, Okada. Yeah. And your long fucking match. Uh, it's so funny. There's a massive fuck ROH chant from this crowd as well. And I'm like, it's intriguing. They didn't say fuck New Japan, did they? Made me chuckle. I enjoyed this immensely. Aimed at Ring of Honor, for sure. And well, Ring of Honor, unfortunately, since the Sinclair deal, really haven't had any good... Uh, good uh, I know goodwill with the wrestling fans. No. The only goodwill Ring of Honor have with me is Dalton Castle. I was looking at who's on their roster currently because I realized Marty's still there. Yeah, because with... uh, now Flips joined Finland Enterprises. Yeah, which is weird. Well, they're mates. To me, but like he's the ultimate face, right? Yeah. Flip? Yeah, who will be when he comes to AEW. He's got to be face, right? Well, him and Marty coming as heels together. But the thing is, I think this is leading to an RH thing where it's going to be Flip Marty. Who turns face? Flip. Okay. But what if Marty does villainy stuff, but as a face like he's done before? That's that's better, right? But then then what are you going to do with PCO and Brody? I mean, I think they're going to have to go off and do their own thing soon because both Marty and Flip are going to be leaving. And so if they're relying on those two guys, that's a problem. But I feel like Brody at least might come to AEW with Marty. I, mm, I think it's a mistake because they've got Luke Harper potentially soon as well. Yeah, again, this is an AEW thing of just wait for Brody Lee to set out his contract. Yeah. Because that's the big man they need. Yeah, for sure. So we get a fast start in this match. Uh, lots of dives by Jungle Boy. Um, again, this is Joey. I'm sorry, this is Jungle Boy's kind of coming out party at this point. It's not really been a big prevalent name. Well, has did he? you um, did you see the thing on social media that Jungle Boy posted from Joey Janela? No. Which he posted like some messages leading up to this, which um, I did see. That. And when Joey Janela sent a message yeah. going, "You're going to be a star after this match." Yeah, I think and this match is going to make you and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's and, really cool. And that was Janela's main plan for this again with um, with Marco Stunt and now Jungle Boy. He was like, "I'm going to make these boys." Yeah, and it worked for Jungle Boy. Uh, it's worked for Marco Stunt yeah. as well. Like, I've <laughs> yeah. seen it around. I love Marco Stunt, but yeah, it's all good. So Janela does an inverted brainbuster to Jungle Boy on the edge of the fucking ring, and I'm like my stomach hurts just watching it opening match um Dom- denver colorado and commentary has a great line that goes that'll break your fucking neck and i'm like <laughs> yeah really good like putting it over you know and that's when you say oh buster rhymes is here <laughs> oh yeah there's a reference fucking hell so penelope trips jungle boy and does a flying rana penelope just attacking jungle boy now uh, long blower by Penelope to Jungle Boy. Brilliant long blower as well. For sure. A trapper keeper or the package pile driver by Joey Janela. But Jungle Boy kicks out at two. And I'm like... Opening match. Uh, they love doing this, don't they? Anyway, so... Uh, Jungle Boy does a rolling DVD to Janela on the hardest part of the ring. Uh, the canvas. <laughs> yeah, <for> sure. <laughs> uh, crowds seem exhausted, to be fair. They've, they've obviously just come from like the New Japan ROH show, most of these people. They, they look tired. Well, it's because Okada's but, run late. Fuck you, Okada. <laughs> yeah, little do they know they've got seven hours of WrestleMania to sit through oh, tomorrow night. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> uh, tope, uh, sorry, a top rope brain buster, but Jungle Boy kicks out at one. They're like, you just did a massive long blower, the package pile driver, and a top rope brain buster, and you're kicking out at one? Like, I know what you're trying to do, but come on, guys. Like, don't blow all your spots in the first match. He's a jungle boy. He can do what he wants. That's fucking dumb. Uh, So he pops up like nothing's happened. Connect meter is at an all-time high. Uh, exchanging German suplexes over and over. We need to get a cornet meter to put up on the stream. Let's <laughs> <laughs> press the button. Ding, 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 Every time ding. we press the button, it just goes up a little bit. Yeah. It gets redder, you know. <laughs> just like, gets, like it's going to blow like, yeah. <laughs> towards the end. 
so Jungle Boy kind of half locks in the cat mutilation octopus stretch thing he did in part one. You know, Joey Janela taps, and yeah, it's really cool. Like, it's it's a fun high spot match to get people going. It's it's too much in my opinion. Yeah, but it's but, uh, it certainly put Jungle Boy on the map. Yeah, for, for those, sure. Again, who were really focusing on this show. Yeah, and as um, I think it was Jericho was saying on a podcast I was listening to sometime during the week when I was kind of working. Um, he was talking about how pro wrestling's missing young teenage heartthrobs. Yeah. And that's what Jungle Boy is. Yeah, exactly. He's fucking great. Well, look at his heritage of where he's come from and what his, what his family history is. He's a good-looking heartthrob chap. And as yeah, you said, sure. that's a very good point. I'd not thought of it. But if you look in WWE, and this isn't meant to be... You look back in the day, because obviously the ladies were very keen on Marty Jannetty and th- things like that. I yep. know my mum was a massive crush on Marty Jannetty. Yeah. Hi, mum. I know you never listen or watch the podcast. Thanks. Hey, Mrs. Williams. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to look at that and go, that's Who? not my surname. <laughs> <laughs> kayfabe, mother. Kayfabe. Work the gimmick, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... I, what are the young I mean obviously a lot of the young women are being encouraged to come in because obviously you've got the strong powerful women now following the uh, Stephanie McMahon's evolution because she's the reason behind women's wrestling of course yep <laughs> um, but there's also those if you pe- listen to this in audio I'm rolling my eyes like crazy right now <laughs> I was like go on but you, you miss the days where you've got like the, the the guy watching the wrestling for the wrestling you've got the ladies watching it for the physiques and the, the, the good looking boys I mean People watch SCPW to see Mr. Wicked, Tax Williams. Of course, yeah, yeah. Matt Terry, get a fucking haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, for sure. Like The the thing is that I started thinking about with this particular scenario about how there aren't young young heartthrobs coming through WWF and stuff, WWE. Not the tag team, Um, the heartthrobs. No, no, not those. Fucking hell, no, please no. Um, It's when you sign up to become WWE Superstar, you're either NXT or NXT UK or Evolve or whatever for like years. And so I think they're losing a lot of opportunities with young yeah. heartthrobs and stuff. Like they've got like, for example, like a ricochet. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily call him like a teenage heartthrob. Like he's starting to get yeah. up there. Yeah, in he's age a grown up now. Such, you know. And also, it doesn't help hmm. more that they're promoting the wrestlers' relationships because obviously he's with this Casey Castanard, the, the American Ninja Warrior yeah. girl. And again, it's a case of really good-looking guy, really good-looking girl. Of course they are. Yeah. Whereas the ladies can't go through the going. I could get ricochet like uh, Randy Orton's wife did to meet him. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, interesting, man. There definitely needs to be room there, and I think it would uh, encourage younger people to watch and stuff. Like it's it's a simple thing, but sex sells, man. That's why I watch Total Bellas. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Do you refer to the the show that we call On Mute? <laughs> no, I like I I. I I need, the vo- I need the volume on so my wife can't make me whacking off. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, even with this Oh, match, Nikki's mum. <laughs> they, they shake hands afterwards. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, please don't shake hands. Uh, but Denver, Colorado puts over that Janela is a lot on his plate this weekend and that's why he lost the match. I'm like, he's very good at his job, this yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> right, next match. We've got a tag team match of the Latin American exchange of Ortiz and Santana, <laughs> the new Latin American exchange, which you refer to them as, Versus the Rock and Roll Express making their return to the podcast like two weeks in a row. But, uh, we've seen more Rock and Roll Express in their heyday than they, in their old years than we have in their heyday. It's brilliant. For sure. So Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Fucking hell, they're great in this match. I love the Rock and Roll so much. Like, you, you I kind of want to go back and watch old shows now. Cause I'd seen these performances. I'm like, fucking hell, they're the best workers on the card. The problem I found with the last couple of shows, like we saw with the Briscoes working with Rock and Roll Express and with yeah. Nelson with LAX. Yeah. Learn to not be so excited to be in the ring with Rock and Roll Express <laughs> because you can see like LAX just sitting there going, 
Mate, at the end of the match, they're practically in tears about how yeah. they just wrestled the rock and roll. And like, God, they're so fucking good in the ring. Even at the age they are, like, uh, is it Morton that can still go? Yeah, it's Morton yeah. can still go. Gibson seems to be fucked. I think he had a hip replacement surgery <laughs> or something. Do you know what, though? But he's still a fucking great worker. And I bet Robert Gibson's the one who's basically going, hey, Ricky, we've got bookings. And Ricky's like... I don't want to work two nights in a row because you're just going to sit on the fucking apron, Bobby yeah, Gibson. For sure. So I've accepted the booking. What's the pay? The pay's, the pay's good. What's the number? Uh, Dependent on crowd. For sure. So uh, LAX come out to New York State of Mind by Nas and I'm like, fucking copyright does not exist here. Um, Ortiz, uh, wait, hang on. Let's just skip over the little fizz. There's... So uh, the match is starting at 1 a.m. according to the commentary team. Uh, again, how did they manage to book this particular match? Because aren't these guys like completely different worlds and somehow they've got them together? It's perfect because it's a case of, oh, we've seen the rock and roll start doing their things, especially like the Hardy compound, which is really what brought them back into the mainstream yeah. view. And LAX are top free agents in a couple of weeks' time. They're flying right now everywhere across yeah. the Indies and stuff. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they end up because they're definitely going to be signed up by someone. So who is the question? I would love to see LAX in New Japan. Oh, that might work. Yeah, I'm not sure they're maybe big enough for the heavyweight, not small enough for the junior. I, I just think for, I just think for any any tag foils, they those boys mic. would be absolutely fantastic. Um, WWE, they will always go for it and they'll just put them on lawnmowers. God forbid. Can you imagine? And they'll get psychosis to come back and manage them. Could be quite funny, but actually. <laughs> I genuinely would love it if WWE signed him just to get Conan in, because then at all these legend shows, yeah, it could boy. be Max Moon. Massive fans. So uh, Kevin Kill keeps talking over Denver, Colorado the whole way through this fucking match. The rock and roll are amazing. Genuinely impressive. So Ortiz does a frog splash to Gibson, but it's like super, super safe. Like he lands like he's a table on his hands and yeah. knees. He's like, I'm not Over landing him. on you. I love you so much, you know. Uh, so, but fuck all that. Ricky Morton springboards up off of Ortiz, pinning Gibson and does a fucking Canadian destroyer. What the fuck? Like, oh, this is amazing. Bryce is pissing himself with laughter how much how impressive that was to see in the ring i mean i'm just gonna he does this face where he's like <gasps> <laughs> like mouth open you know i'm just gonna throw it out there again for any trainee wrestlers who say i can't do something just practice yeah look at ricky morton he's doing yeah. all sorts of crazy shit now don't get me wrong i don't think you'll find any other trainee will go can i practice destroyers on you for an hour <laughs> Do you remember when I used to like pitch you moves and be like, you can try one of the trainees, they don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, after a bunch of LAX super kicks, because everyone does super kicks now apparently, uh, Morton goes, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Double lariats the fuck out of both of them. LAX hit the flipping senton into the corner. They both pin Ricky Morton for the one, two, three. LAX, your winners. This is my favorite match of the whole weekend, I think. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> because the thing is as well, with like the, the rock and roll, it's mm. the... I know they're old, but you didn't know it in the match. No, like they made you suspend your disbelief beyond yeah. anything that you think would be believable. And as a quick uh, quick plug, because obviously you started making gifts of the G1 for the Lariats. I have, yeah. Follow this man on Twitter for fantastic Lariat-themed gifts. Yeah, when I start picking up, I'm going to watch all the G1 matches this year. And so I have a series <laughs> on my Twitter, which is just Lariats of the G1 2019. At so. Fanboy Rich. Follow it. It's brilliant. For sure. You'll love it. It's all down there. 
if you want to follow us and stuff. But yours is the Tax Williams as well. At the Tax Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, World of Rest Pod, if you want to follow us. Um, so Ortiz grabs the mic and he goes, "We've wrestled nine fucking matches this weekend." I'm like, "You poor bastards!" But he puts over but the, the rock pace and roll. good. Yeah, for sure. He's putting over the rock and roll, crying like properly in tears at the appreciation. Morton immediately gives him a massive hug. Gibson ties the bandanas from the rock and roll onto the LAX boys, like passing the torch, you know. What a match. Uh, uh, and if I was LAX, I'd be sitting there going, oh, shit, we've got to go TNA tapings next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be rock- working the Whoa. rock and roll. And you're like, what the fuck year is this? Can, can we book them, please? We need to watch like classic rock and roll matches. I yeah. want to see what, how good they were in their prime. I've seen one or two back in the day. Let's find Let's find. A show. If anyone can recommend a show with a great rock and roll express match on it, let us know at World of Rest Pod on Twitter and we will do that as a show. I'm thinking the midnight rock and roll Jim Cornette NWA phase. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe something else. We'll see what else is out there. They must have come against like the LOD and the Andersons and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, Ken Anderson. <laughs> Not those ones. <laughs> so the ring announcer stumbles uh, the hashtag, which is really funny, the JJSB3. Even I can get it right and I don't even remember it. <laughs> so, and some of the crowd are really mean to him, which is it's a pro- proper douchey. I'm like, hey, leave him alone. It's been like fucking 10 hours of wrestling this weekend. <laughs> Just this, this day, this, this yeah. fucking evening. Anyway, the next match is LA Park, who we might know as La Parker from WCW. There's a lot of bullshit we'll go over with the, the name. Uh, versus Masato Tanaka again. Who fucking booked this? Masato Tanaka, the man who does not age. (laughs) He's incredible, man. Uh, Yeah, so again, these are two of my favorites in 1998. (laughs) I mean, LA Park, I loved him. In, in the old dub yeah. CW. Par- we can call him La Parker. We all yeah. know who we mean. He's La Parker. There is a new La Parker in, in AAA. Yeah. CMAA. Oh, as, si- as a quick sidebar, yeah. have we had any news on what's happened to CMAA following the uh, president's death? No, I haven't heard anything about it at all. I, ju- I just wonder who's going to take over because obviously yeah. being the longest running wrestling company in the world, you've got to imagine someone's going to, hopefully a family member is going to start taking that ball and running with it yeah i think his wife is still around for sure known for her lucha libre <laughs> wasn't she the woman that was bumped onto last cmll show we watched was that triple a i think it's triple a because the triple a triple a show we watched was they had the uh, the procession of the asses and the flags <laughs> oh, it's fucking great anyway so the ref does a little dance as tanaka's music's playing and i'm like yes it's the same music from back in the day with 1998 yeah. ecw and stuff it's fucking great and again, um, loads of confetti for Tanaka. And then they get La Parker's WCW music is playing. And I'm like, this is even better. <laughs> like, I'm so fucking in. Fuck off copyright. You know? uh, this La show pa- was in Mexico, right? <laughs> so La Parker is doing the full chairman WCW gimmick with the pose on the chair in the ring yeah, and everything. Loved it. So nice. He bought all this cheesy shit back for the American audience. Obviously, so. he's a bit of a bigger boy now. Yeah, he, he can. He's, he's not in great shape. In my mind, I think to myself, I still bet that's the same suit he wore in 1990. <laughs> but it's just very stretchy. That's what <laughs> I want it, it is, to be. Man. It feels like it. Uh, so basically, the simple thing is La Parker lost his name to a different wrestler who is now La Parker. And so he took on the name L.A. Park. And they wrestled back and forth. So at one point, he was La Parker again. And it was kind of set in stone, but yeah. he had come back to it again. And I think the guy who's La Parker now in Mexico is his nephew, I want to say. <laughs> But it's something like that. It's very complicated. And obviously, it's all in Spanish. So it's a bit hard to work out really what's yeah. happening. But um, yeah, so that's why he's called L.A. Park and not La Parker now. 
Not to be confused with Joseph <sighs> Park from TNA. <laughs> this whole thing gets really confusing. When you start talking about like the family lineages as well. Oh, God. Like the Mystico, La Sombra, like all that group. It's like, oh, fucking hell, this is complicated, boys. Just three mates with families <laughs> yeah. doing wrestling again. There's like three families make up like all the promotions Plus in Mexico. Guerrero, that's it. Yeah, like they're one of the families. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. So the match starts with both lads face to face, some stiff, loud chops. Uh, massive unprotected chair shots to Masai Tanaka and you're like how is your head not just not dead not, not working it's like a, he's, he's baked it and added vinegar on it like a, like when you do conkers <laughs> Topping it up. sticks his head in the oven with some vinegar on it it's like yeah I'm the man it's insane so uh, this would have been a dream match of WCW versus ECW in 1998 um, but yeah I'm, again I'm really enjoying it it's like the Parker can't really work Tanaka's still pretty good the nostalgia feel for me was in this match yeah for sure so they brawl into the crowd as you might expect um, occasionally taking out a fan or two on their way like nothing wrong with shit. wrestling through the crowd <laughs> when you when you can't work there's nothing wrong with wrestling through the crowd <laughs> <laughs> LA Park powerbomb Tanaka through a door set up on set on the ropes debris goes flying into the audience I love Pretty the fact funny. they use doors on night two and actually refer to them as doors I think they're cheaper and they break easier yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Tanaka also does a little dance which is pretty good uh, Park spears Tanaka through a table set up in the corner for the one two three and due to Mexican wrestling politics LA Park gets the win <laughs> <laughs> he may as well have won by polit- politicising you know yeah which is fine because in Mexico the big stars do not lose and rightly so I mean in Japan they don't lose either but I think you know they lose less in Mexico <laughs> Yeah, th- this would have been. Uh, said, how did this match get booked? It's a case of Tanaka will happily take chair shots and work for the money and yeah. just work, whereas LA Park, it's a case of, no, I've got to win. Best bit of the match was Lepaka coming out to the WCW. Yeah, music. the chairman. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, next up, we've got Denver, Colorado, hands off commentary to Ron Funches. So, we've now got Ron Funches and Kevin Gill on commentary, and I'm like, oh, fuck. So, Ron is sitting next to and talking to Frank the Clown, lucky bastard. <laughs> Frank the Clown, not I mean, the other guy. How did he achieve that? How did he achieve that? Because he's not even funny. Oh, he's not even entertaining. He's or... not even as good a clown <laughs> as Doink. I'm sure he's lovely. But anyway. Uh, Hi, go... Noel. <laughs> love if, you. If anything ever happens, like, just, just give us a shout, you know. <laughs> so, I love you, Nandy. Sadly, I'm married, so. I'm technically not married, but I may as well be. Yeah, we've got a got kids i'm loyal i'm the same girl since i'm 16 so there you go that's very loyal well yeah, done sure so guys sweeping up the ring good thing <laughs> the you're only crowd. 17 <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes sweep it up asshole sweep it up and yeah. i'm like fuck off he's doing his job leave him alone i still laughed uh drunken fans are just fucked up by this point they're having a great time but yeah. it's just so messy three three days at this stage probably of continual indie wrestling and drinking yeah. and not much sleep and then, considering we've got Kevin Gill and Ron Funches on commentary for the moment, the best thing ever happens where Prazak replaces Kevin Gill on commentary. So we have Dave Prazak, Ron Funches, who's a stand-up comedian who I don't know if you know. No. Okay, big in the pro wrestling scene, big in the stoner scene as well. So um, he's in my scene pretty much. <laughs> and like, yeah, he's very funny. Like, he's, he's genuinely like a good interesting human being uh and bryce remsberg is refing everything is right in the world for the greatest clusterfuck battle royal of a lots of people i I'm, look, not, I'm not going through these names at this stage you want to know just look it up yeah. fuck off i'm not reading them out at this stage i was like oh I, have i fallen asleep i missed something let's have a look look how much is long on the feed oh, oh fuck. there's still like 90 minutes to go and this match is just starting and this is your main event of the oh, evening oh jesus christ well it's so, be- it's better than the death match 
So the free bird starts to play and I'm like, is Michael Hayes here? <laughs> I would have marked so fucking hard. But now it's Necro Butcher making his return who immediately eliminates Bryce Remsburg. You're like, hang on, he's not in the match. And you're like, hey. I, I like the fact that bringing that to him, Bryce Remsburg has been, been eliminated. eliminated. <laughs> you're like, this is going to set up what is going to be, again, just a massive clusterfuck. It's, it's really funny. Um, I'm just going to run through shit. Just interrupt me, yeah. okay? Because there's a lot to get through. We have to talk about some of the match. But again, this is super super messy so what do you say necro butchers in at number one <laughs> i've got to mention there's a guy in this match called schlack who's legitimately a white supremacist do you know this no yeah it's just not getting booked anymore because everyone's realized like there's photos of him with fucking nazis and like, he's been like parts of groups and stuff he says it's part of his youth and he's not a part of it anymore but i'm like not sure man you'd have to prove it you know heavily prove it because he looks like fucking Dumbass roid monkey. So fuck that kind of fuck white supremacy. There you go. Should we carry on? I agree with everything you just said there. Brilliant. I'll just go through whatever notes I've got written here, even if they don't make sense. As long as there's nothing more to do with white supremacy, we <laughs> should sure. be fine. No, no, I'm done. I had to get out. So blade jobs. Two people enter. <laughs> two people enter at once, and I'm like, wait, what? Then sometimes four people enter at once. Like a whole stable comes out at one point in one of the entrances, and you're like, this is fucking genius. Oh, sorry, I've just been sent a message from Mr. Wicked. Say, put something in his pod because I believe uh, uh, Mr. Wicked has just deadlifted 142 kilograms, and he wanted me to say, fuck you, willpower. Congratulations. So <laughs> pinfalls. Praise that goes. There's no <laughs> pins. Well, I guess there are because someone gets one, two, three out of the match. <laughs> There's weapons. Uh, Nate Webb and Marco Stunt get what I think is the funniest point of the match. Well, they come out and do a whole fucking performance of Wheatus' teenage, teenage dirtbag. Dirt <laughs> like, what's happening? And then I realize what's happening because some dude steals Nate's bandana and does his entrance for him. And I later went on to realize this was the singer from Wheatus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Uh, this does get paid off later, but yeah. So uh, someone does a huge dive as they're still singing. Cameron's almost miss it. There's eliminations all over the fucking place. Someone in a mask hits Nate Webb, unmasks, and it's MJF. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. Some big heat. Like, MJF is hilarious. He does, like, Lawler spots in this match. Yeah. Like, road dog spots and things. He's hanging off, hiding in the corner. It's just wearing his jeans. That's what I was like. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he's barely dressed for the event at all. And already, AEW have created a star. Yeah, there's a point where the the fans start singing, You Are My Sunshine, randomly. Yeah, I didn't get it cool awesome <laughs> i've no idea why so then we get another brilliant comedy spot and the ring is full of people but they all kind of like back off to let this spot happen where joey ryan sexy eddie and a guy called effie who i've not seen before all make their entrances separately they then do an oil towel spot and then sexy eddie ends up getting naked with his wang out yeah yeah literally naked so both of his hands are cupping his dick and his balls as he's wrestling and he does a fucking top rope moonsault naked <laughs> like this is amazingly impressive hold on this uh nanny's at my most is home hello we're still streaming and i haven't got an intermission set up so that's fine we i will just talk randomly at the camera cool do you want to take her up or my kids here, so hello. It's all right. <laughs> Do you want to just talk about something? Because I've got an intermission set That's fine. So basically, after the sexy Eddie spot, um, and Marco uh, Marco Stunt has had his fun time with uh, Wheatus and a teenage dirtbag. <laughs> Rich is playing pro parenting. God, Millie, your hair's grown. Wow, and you are unhappy about that. Um. And then, ideally, for the king highlight 
of this for me was when Swoggle returns and he attacks Necro Butcher in the nuts with a rubber chicken. Necro Butcher in the balls with a rubber chicken. Absolutely outstanding. And also, not only did he hit him with a rubber chicken, we had Joey Ryan's penis, well, attempted penis toss. Hornswoggle reversed. He countered, uh, putting into the, uh, the penis party. And then he went on to be stabbed in the forehead with some hypodermic needles. So when you're looking through this uh, clusterfuck um, uh, spring break, you've got to wonder, hypodermic needles to the head is not an ideal uh, situation. The hypodermic needles were input into his head by someone called G-Raver. Uh, and G-Raver's not someone who I've really had any experience of seeing um, thus far. But poor Hornswoggle, um, after getting hypodermic needles in the head, was thrown over the top rope and on his way. But in fairness to Swoggle, at least he sold it. You know, Hornswoggle, man. <laughs> and we've also mentioned how like Necro Butcher got a rubber chick in the balls and he oh, reversed yeah. Joey Ryan's massive power of the penis to end the, enter the party. It's fucking brilliant, man. Right. So after G-Raver putting hypodermic needles, the other point I've got here is that... Uh, God, that's it. disgusting when he's putting that fucking shit in his head and it's like all spoken yeah. out. Like It looks like um, what are kebab sticks. Yeah, almost. it was ridiculous. <laughs> and then Kikataro... He comes out next. Contros everyone, which is basically sticking fingers up everyone's ass. Yep. <laughs> which is the thing that Japanese school kids do, if you don't know. But. I basically wrote, zaps everyone up the ass. <laughs> That's pretty much what he does. And then, oh yeah, crime time, baby. Jesus. So we get this whole thing with Teddy Hart oh, and his geez. cat comes out as well. Cat versus title. <laughs> Slim J gets a sweet fist bump off MGF and does a dive off the top, eliminating himself. The fucking idiot. I wonder where you're going that with Kikatara and then go across with fisting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So where are we? Um, so we've just had uh, the crime time fighting Teddy Hart and Homicide. Yeah. Sorry. I've just skipped some of my notes because I'm an idiot. Give me one tickety boo. So I've just totally thrown off all my kid going. Uh, so Kiko conscious everyone, blah, 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 blah. Slim J does that. So Teddy Hart goes past on commentary after he gets eliminated. There's this whole thing with Crime Time and Teddy Hart and... Homicide. Homicide, doing all their stuff. It's really weird. It's like some... Is it the ROH tension between Homicide and Teddy Hart in the ring? I think everyone's just got heat with Teddy Hart. Yeah, maybe it is. But then, then they team up to fight Crime Time and then they all kind of end up eliminating each other and yeah. stuff. It, it's, you think it's going to go somewhere, but it never really does. No, because there's no long-term payoff for this. Yeah, like, sure. Shad Gaspar and JTG, I don't know. I don't know if JTG's still actively wrestling, but I think Shad's gone into acting. Oh, fair enough. I didn't know. I think, I think I've seen posters with their name on it recently. So oh, really? Oh, maybe then they are back. I okay. think maybe they're back on the scene, but who knows. So MJ. Do they not know that WWE have already got their token black tag team? <laughs> <laughs> so um, a second lad just eliminated himself and no one catches him. Where the hell is Murder Clown when you need him? There we go. Uh, gets back LA in the Park's ring. taken booking right, so no, he's not here. But then the same lad gets just back in the ring and continues wrestling, and I'm like, can he do that, Joey? <laughs> Nothing wrong getting back in the ring after a battle royal. Just getting all my shit in now. <laughs> so uh, no legs. Really, Dustin, yeah, Dustin Thomas, Thomas, that's the one, gets a huge pop. And just like, wait, what the fuck is this? The lead singer of Wheatus is now in the match. Uh, he eliminates MJF, which is really, really funny. Like, his work, his work is terrible. Yeah. MJF does a great job of selling it, you know? Overselling a little yeah, bit. Like, guiding him through it almost. <laughs> I liken this to because Michael selling for Hogan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
So, um, some dude in the blonde dreads who I've never seen before was is called um, Facade or Facard. I don't know what, how you pronounce oh, it. Oh, Facaccia. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, his spots are fucking insane. So original. I'm like, I've written, sign this guy up because again, he's like, his work is incredible. Um, Tony Deppin out and he just goes and does crowd surfing because he's like, fuck this match. Exactly, I would. I wouldn't want to get in that ring. <laughs> Necro Butcher's still in. Yeah, again, Deppin popping me like crazy. I think he's got a big future. Um, Crowbar suddenly arrives. I'm like, yeah. fucking WCW centric. Uh, Michael Blaze might be the worst indie name I've ever heard in my life. That's why Johnny Blaze, when he before, when it was Nitro, Mundo, Morrison, Nitro, yeah. Impact. Anything like Blaze or like some sort of verb at the end of it. I'm just like, just, just no. David's cheese. Yeah, it's not great. That's a noun, but it's all good. So, um, I was just thinking of words. I'm hungry. I'm really, really hungry. <laughs> We're almost there. So a tag team just eliminated together and immediately turn on each other. I don't know what the fuck's happening. The NWO music hits. Hello, Sting. And it's not Sting. It's NWO Sting. Hello, Sting. <laughs> he Steve does, Borden. <laughs> mate, he does fuck all work in this match. Just like, like he did when he was in WCW. Exactly, man. But fuck all that shit. Testing, testing. Look out, it's Andre. Tracy Smothers <laughs> yeah. is here. I, like, I love Tracy Smothers so fucking much, man. Um, blah blah. Let's skip over this. Sa Rios is here as yeah, well. Mantor comes out as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Grizzly Redwood. <laughs> yeah, Grizzly Redwood. I like Grizzly Redwood. He's pretty cool. So, um, Man Eater by Hall of Notes plays, and no one enters. And it's like he's Man Eater, which I fucking love that song. Uh, then a shitload of women enter, including Seshmoff and well a bunch done, of other people yeah. I don't really recognise. Uh, who is the girl that wrestled? Um, Oh my god, what's her name? I want to skip over. So a bunch of ladies basically enter. Uh, By the way, just want to clarify, we're not one. saying that she's not one when we said a bunch of ladies and Session Moth. Oh no, no, ring. no. Just Session Moth is one of them because I'm a massive mark for her. She's fucking great. Uh, the ladies fuck up all the lads left in the ring. They even shove Frank the Crown out of the ring into out of the crowd into the ring and repeatedly kick him in the bollocks. And I'm like, yes! Yeah! Something good! Vengeance. <laughs> uh, this just became very satisfying. <laughs> that's all i've written here it did for me uh the ladies now the volume have, was up <laughs> they, the ladies now have light tubes and each smash one uh over the head of jimmy lloyd who's the guy from the previous night yep, well deserved uh the women drag joey janella out from the back in his pants uh post pose with him laying across the ropes brett's rope yeah <laughs> got it in you know Brett, brett's rope's never been so sexy a fucking a with joey janella draped over it. and that's literally the end of the show we cut to a test screen that says signal lost and we are out of here yeah they it's did, not even a finish in this match they did the uh the fight tv pretend like they lost the stream old ecw style yeah colored lines it was good fun yeah it was too long for my liking i mean how can you talk about a scramble on a podcast it's a fucking mess but i Silly bit. Some I mean, of it made no sense. Some of it, I was like, holy shit, how did they get these people? In fairness, the name of it says it all. It was yeah. the greatest clusterfuck. It's exactly what it says in the tin. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed this show, going to be honest. Like, I think it's like a three cornflakes. Had they not had the death match at the end of part one, yeah. it would have been three cornflake for me, but the scissor spot just ruined it for me. I know it sounds silly that I, I yeah. know a lot of people listening, a lot of people watching be like, just one spot, but sometimes it's just takes a shine off the whole thing for me yeah i get it yeah i felt the same like i couldn't i felt very uncomfortable yeah. immediately after watching that and i don't think that's how i want to feel watching paris thing but out of this i got the even more so joey janella will always put other wrestlers first yeah to try and make stars and help people out atani 
is a legend, should retire. <laughs> yeah. Jungle Boy is exactly what you said, young heartthrob that needs to be showcased. Tony Deppen, best heel on the business. It well best best heel in the US at the moment. Yeah, he's got a future, that guy. He does. And anyone um, who could pick up a mic and instantly have everyone who was cheering him instantly booing him. Hey, that that's clever. Yeah. You know, Will Ospreay comes out and I cheer him. And then he starts to cut a heel promo and I just shut up. Yeah. Because like I don't want to cheer him if he's meant to be a heel. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't boo him. The whole fucking place. As soon as Tony Deppin started talking, we're like, you fucking prick. You know, yeah. like they hated him. Dustin Thomas, phenomenal athlete. Fantastic. And people should book him and ha- yeah. make him a decent part of your shows. Because yeah. not just because he has no legs, it's because he's a talented guy yeah. and he can do some things that cruiserweights can't do. Sure. And as you said, final point for me from this show, Rock and Roll Express are still the greatest tag team alive. My God, they're good. They're so good. Like everything they did in the ring, the way they worked, the way they put the match together, their expressions, their signals, their interaction with the crowd, like they're old men. Yeah. And they're still better than ninety percent of the people in pro wrestling right now. Yeah, not just on this card, in pro wrestling. No. Like watch rock and roll matches and learn if you want to be a tag team wrestler. And also failing that, go and watch Final Deletion <laughs> to watch them go against the Hardys in a really weird announcement. Well, we've I, run long. Uh, yeah, we have. It's all good. Don't worry. So I'd highly recommend you sort out this particular spring break. I'm going to try and check out some of the older spring breaks as well because there's been three of them now. Yeah. And there's definitely going to be more in the future. You'd like to think still. They might not be Joey Janela's spring break. But they'll be GC Dub. Yeah. We'll be putting on these shows and booking this fucking mayhem. So, I mean, it had Orange Cassidy against Takamishinoku and Masato Tanaka against La Parker. <laughs> like, yeah. How did you book these matches? It's incredible. I think that's like the biggest thing I take from this show is that they're so original and so wacky. This is the thing I'm looking forward to most. So if I am privileged enough to be part of Battle of the Independence up in Tampa in April and and I'm doing commentary on it, I'm so looking forward to going to all these little indie shows. And not, well, that sounds disrespectful, all these small indie shows to be part of things like this just to experience them firsthand. Yeah, for sure, man. Right, I've enjoyed it. I've really missed podcasting, so it's nice to be back doing it with you, man. Yep, we'll be back again next week. I try, will do my best to not die. I hope you enjoyed the part of solo podcasting while I went on about a rubber chicken and necro butcher's balls. Have we got a special guest next week? Is it next week or is it the week after? Ooh, what's the date today? We might have a special guest next week. And we will announce what we're going to do during the week, probably on our Twitter moments and anything. Yep, follow us on Twitter at World of Rest Pod. We've got, a Facebook, yep. we've got a Facebook page, World of Wrestling Podcast. You can find all of our archive stuff at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com on our YouTube channel. Just again, search World of Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to set up these cameras a little bit better. They're a bit wafty this week because we had a last minute technical glitch, but it's all good. Uh, been a pleasure, everyone. Uh, go buy a t shirt, go to amazon.co.uk or amazon.com search world of wrestling podcast really cheap only 15 quid and they're really really high quality so that'll really help us out like yeah see you next week